his authority. You know, this little son bitch probably makes 175 a week, which is fine. But he makes his shirt on, and then he's authority. Got all this power. And he wants to just go back to the pit. Well, he fucked up. And he can kiss my dick. And if I get the chance, he's going to. This is the sultry voice of Liberty Zero from the Dissecting Liberty podcast. Give us a listen. I think you'll enjoy it. That's it. I'm good. (laughs) IDK about that, Dilo. Chief would have ranked a level one Mordator to level seven if they avenged his gay little farther. I think it's because if who I had hostage. You loved her. Didn't you, Dildo? And if part of me believes, you still Check out oneself from the channel Afflix Life on YouTube. In this episode of The Dose, crowdfunded government stops by to propose that we crash every third party into a tree in his tour across the Liberpods, doing just that. We are joined by Cottonarchus, Dead Carney, Gonzo, Snorfrog, Strategy D, and Dave. All right, go testicles. We're on air. Uh, so, um, basically, like, I'm working on my dragon's be there special, and I'm hoping to get it out by, you know, Halloween, Thanksgiving, somewhere around there. It's it's a big project for me. Um, it's about, uh, it's the story of human potential and the tragedy of it and how we can get through it and how, like, human potential is the dragons of old and the dragons of legend. Um, how, like, we ourselves are the dragons. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love the philosophy of the meaning of some of these ideas because there wasn't a dragon. It, meant it was supposed to represent something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, like, how, like, yeah, there's all these dragons of, you know, the, the chaos and terror that can be rained down on the world. But, like, um, I mean, um... Uh, Google. Why I'm still using Google Docs, I don't know. I, I should I should abandon myself out in the desert. I don't know. Uh, in in a hand basket. But like you take for example, like the Saint Scholastica Day riots is one thing that I'm gonna be talking about. It's it's ninety three people dead. Do you know what the Saint Scholastica Day riots were? It's no. basically a drunken brawl that broke onto the streets because there were a bunch of, you know, students that were complaining about the beer being stale. Hmm. It always takes, it's just, uh, it just takes a spark, right? Yeah, ex- exactly. It's like, it, there's all these things, and then, like, um, the, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I think it's Ishia, um, witch, tri- witch trials and stuff like that. They put Salem to shame with you know, hundreds of died, and, like, it was 182 people arrested uh, dur- during the third phase of the witch trials in 1617 to 1631. 175 of the 
182 were executed and four of them and four more died in the course of the judicial process. So the overall death oh my rate, God. the overall death rate and in the third phase, this isn't all of it, just in the third phase of it, the overall death rate was 98%. Oh my God. So, and like people think that, oh, we're so different from, you know, this era, or this era, or people are better than they used to be, or the world has gotten worse, or it's, it's all the same. We're all people. It's in, in our, what, what we're capable of doing will never change and has never changed. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. So it's, it's a big project that I'm working on. And with racing season heating up, it got way harder once the shutdown ended. Because, you know, I've been, I've worked at the track twice already this week. We've had two races in a week. So I actually had to take off work to go work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, it's. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting that out. I'm I'm hoping to get it done by the end of the year, which is it's it's a goal. Um, but I, I'm I'm hoping to have one giant special like that every year. So, and other than that, of course, I'm always going to do the um, the uh, solstice episodes. You know, so this next one will be September twenty first or twenty second. I've got to yep. get one out. Um, and then of course I do the random ones like this one is. Um, but yeah, my major episodes are holidays, um, they are, um, solstices, and then I'm going to have a special every year that's just going to be and then, something crazy. you know, those CFG episodes too. CFG. Crowdfunding government, yeah. See, I cut on. Yeah, what, yeah, what's up? Uh... Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, yeah. What's up with your, uh, with, with your thing? What, what, what are you dropping here on me? I'm dropping some big news. If you can handle it, buddy. Oh, I'm not sure I can handle it too much. No, pass out like <laughs> you know. I can pass out like a you know, like an old southern lady in a court with a, in a corset that's too tight. You know. Amen. Can't push me too hard, man. The, the, well, the, I'm just the, here to give the, you an update the, on the, the movement. Out, I, I, can, the, I can already feel the heat coming off this one, man. I can, I can feel the heat. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's spicy, dude. I, I got a little update on the movement if, uh, if, if we got the time. Oh, we've got plenty of time. All right, groovy. I've well, got. Um, I, I have literally until about uh, two o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow. So if you want, this this episode can go on a really long time. <laughs> this now begins the 16-hour explanation of the crowdfunding government. <sighs> so right. I'm just I'm just here to give you an update, man. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, I think uh, crowdfunding government is uh, is doing very well. Um, I you know it seems like I'm growing. It seems like more people are aware and more people are tagging me every month. It's like so I just got you know first of all just positive right. I feel very good getting yeah. good exposure. It's always good. It's more than I get. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're you're not exactly as crazy as me. No no offense. Oh well, I can. I'll take you up on that challenge. <laughs> No, I, I I win, dude. I mean, I'm spending my free time doing like this ridiculous stuff. I mean, it's it's out of control what I'm up to. Uh, 
So I'm just here to say that, uh, you know, crowdfunding government is moving forward just fine, but I have identified a huge problem in our political system, and I want to do what I can to fix it as quickly as possible. All right. So that's crowdfunded government. What, what, what's, the, what's the new thing? Because we've talked to you before. Most of the audience is carried over from the last time you were on. What's... Yeah, so we're just going to skip the, you know, last time you already heard it, right? I like to end taxes and voluntarily crowdfund government, blah, blah, blah. You've heard it, everybody's heard it, you know, all right. Okay, well, I want to work in some other philosophy involving politics. So first of all, you know, I listen. I listen to you. I uh, pay attention. Seems like you come from a sort of a Christian anarchist background, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of barking up the right tree? Yeah. So um, with that in mind... What are your thoughts on third parties? Um, well, in a two-party system, a third party, well, it, it probably takes away from the guy who has the better, you know, ideas, because then there's two of them. But we're not supposed to be in a two-party system in America in the first place, not that we should have any, you know government but that's another story because you know after all republics well they rep they're a small portion of people representing a ton of people so they're not going to get shit right and you know they're they're gonna you know fuck people over especially the minorities in that segment and then you have democracy well democracy fucking killed jesus so i mean not that government will work in the first place but in a two and something that's not supposed to have parties a two-party system is completely fucked up and then you add a third party onto the two-party system it just fucks it up more so maybe fucking up more is the right way to go i don't know because hmm, well let's look i thought you were about to stumble across it accidentally when you were okay. talking there you at the last minute you dove off in a different direction okay. but you were okay. almost there all right so well first of all the system is rigged Dude, and yeah. it's 99 point whatever percent of elected offices that have a partisan uh, identification. Probably, I don't have the statistics. I'm just going off what I notice. Probably 99 point whatever percent Republican or Democrat. Agree? Yeah, yeah. So you're telling me well, that we have I these third parties. Of the people that vote, I'd agree probably. Because I think there's a lot of anarchists who don't vote, so we really don't know how many there are, like libertarians and stuff like that who believe voting is violent, violence, like, you see a lot of them, like, uh, Vinner Armani's friend Dave, that was, fr- uh, you know, on Destination Unknown, of course, we all know Callie Kitty, or whatever, uh, Callie from, uh, Twitter, you know, like, we, mm-hmm. we see a lot of them all over the place, and I don't think yeah, I and- know how many there really are, and I think it could be a way larger percent than, uh, we're actually giving credit for. Uh, yeah, and this and that, that's really not the group that I'm talking yeah. about in this discussion because if you look at presidential elections, most of the time in recent history, did not vote was the winner. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm not I'm not addressing that because like you said, like you said, that is sort of a different discussion for a different time because it's uh you know obviously if I, I I pimp something that is working within the system, therefore I'm not trying to tear down the system. All right, fair enough. And my mic looks like it's staying open when you're talking. You're not getting feedback, are you? No, you sound great, man. All right. So basically, the problem 
that I see is we have these elections that are rigged, debates that you can only attend if you're a party member, and anybody who tries to get on the debate stage with the exception of a billionaire 25 years ago is impossible. Yeah. So my question to you, what the hell are third parties doing? Are they completely wasting their time or what? Yeah. Yes, they are. I mean, it is, assuming that you buy into the idea that Republicans, Democrats well, control power. They're not just wasting their time. They're being counterproductive. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because they're they're spending time and money driving something. They're basically, they're driving a car and it's going toward a cliff every election. And they just hammer the gas pedal. Yeah, yeah. Because they're so making that, they're making the worst idea. They're splitting the good idea so that the worst idea is stronger. Yeah, basically, I think a lot of third parties are formed because the two parties that exist don't address major issues that they find important in an election in a in a political office. And that's what happens in a lot of different forms of republics. Yeah, and then the problem is, though, in America, it's a majority or plurality for almost every single voting situation. So basically, if you aren't able to get a plurality, you're never going to have a voice. Yeah. And uh, politics is power. And, politics yeah. is not ideas. Yeah. And that's, that's what I realized is that these third parties are just grinding into the ground, driving off the cliff, counterproductive, like you said. And so what can we do about it? Well, well, who? Well, let's go back to uh, it's power. Well, who has the least power? The opposite, the right? The individual. And the the individual is the greatest minority. Minority, and everybody's all over. You know, minorities this and minorities that. But nobody gives a rat's ass about the minority. Instead, they want to collectivize shit with governments and all that. And it's. It is. It's it's completely counterproductive. Sorry, I got stuck on what you were saying. So repeat repeat the end of that. I got stuck and wanted to get that out. <laughs> I no, that's uh, that, that, that's fine. I was just hoping you might you might start to fill in the gaps. Basically, I'm just asking what can we do about it, and uh, that that's sort of where we left off. What what do you think we can do about what I just described? Um, well, you you are advocating a way of get, of working within the system, whereas I normally advocate. Getting out of the system, agorism or however you want to go about that, um, yeah. b battle of ideas. You know, that's you know, I, I'm here giving ideas. I don't have the solutions. That's why I have people like you around because you people are thinking of ideas, whereas I'm looking at okay, this is what where that idea can fail, but I'm not yeah. the one creating the ideas. That's you know, the, the division of labor, division of philosophy, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, okay. you tell me. I, I, I haven't gotten that far with my own thought. Um, I think we need to abolish third parties and encourage them to run either Republican or Democrat, hold their nose, get on the debate stage, and make a difference. Well, if we're going to abolish third parties, how would we go about that without just getting rid of the Republicans and Democrats? Wouldn't it be better without any, without any parties? Yeah, and that, that's sort of the, the George Washington model that he was envisioning because he saw the problem with party politics in Europe. 
So yes, that is like classic American philosophy that's been thrown in the dustbin. But I'm again, crowdfunding government, I come from an idea that we're going to take the system that we have now and we're going to work with it instead of just talking. Yeah. All right. So how do we get the, how do we get these politicians to do it? Here's my idea for my, my vision is ending third party politics by the end of the third quarter. I'm giving myself 60 days. Oh, fuck. I gotta hear how, this. Now, how could I do that? Well, Ziggy, I noticed something. You ever see how many Liberty podcasts there are out there? Well, seeing as I'm one of them, and my entire feed is made out of racing podcasts, a couple of history podcasts like History of English, but mostly racing podcasts and... You know, and politics podcasts. 95% of the politics podcasts, of course, I can listen to others to see what other people are thinking, but 95% of them are liberty podcasts. Just the, yeah. just that small, just that, say, 45% of my podcasts, if I listened to all of them that were in my feed, I'd probably be listening to about 110 hours of podcasts in about 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, okay, so this is exactly my point, which is there are hundreds, thousands of hours oh, being yeah. recorded by just, podcasts just, sympathetic to ideas that you and I hold just, every month. Just look at uh, This Week in Liberpods, one of uh, Nikki Picone's, um, one of Nikki yeah. Picone's. He, that's literally, he goes through like five or six different podcasts every week, and he's been doing it for months. Yeah, I've, I've been on two of Nikki's shows. I, exactly, I love his work. Exactly. And we, we talked extensively about uh, how great that This Week in Liberpods is and what that means for the movement. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually so the sort of... Th uh, you cut sorry, out for I, I, Sorry, I, I clicked the mute button. Um, that's the sort of thing that I uh, kind of got my brain working was if there's hundreds, thousands of hours of Liberty Podcast every week every month and not all of them probably are always home runs or grand slams i'm sure occasionally the podcasts are producing content and they're thinking to themselves man i wish i wish we could have thought of something different for this week all right so i am here to offer a liberty podcast stimulus idea because this ties into what i was just saying about the third parties excuse me um what i was saying about the third parties is i think they're wasting their time and I, I don't understand why the politicians are wasting their time. What about so my idea a that I'm proposing. What about running in a, uh, how, what, what are your thoughts on running in a, as a satirical party? I, I think it's exactly the same thing as Vermin Supreme thing? and the Libertarian Party. It's stupid. Okay. So he's not making a difference. He's not changing minds. He's just wasting his time. He has no power. Perry I agree. Has no power, I right? agree. He doesn't have any power, but I disagree that he's not changing any minds. All right. Like, well, we get the comedy the from the what, fed. You, what did you really do? He does the what, same what did thing you as really accomplish when you changed the mind? Look at well. Look at me. I was converted to libertarianism basically from uh, the fag cast, the Rollo and Slappy show, and Human Action. That is a solid lineup. So. What what was the what was the first one I listened to? 
It was probably somewhere around the Killdozer episode of the uh, Fagcast. Cool. So, if the Killdozer anniversary of the Fagcast was able to change my mind, I'm pretty sure Vermin Supreme's kind of comedy and flamboyance can uh, get to some other people. Yeah, sure, and uh, that that's great. Ideas are great, but what what changed in terms of government power due to his uh, actions? Well, first you need people before you have power. But um, okay. I see your point. That, a, I, I see your point. Straight, it's a straight question, people, Ziggy. What, those... what what did his ideas change? It changed whatever those people. It's it's an indirect route. Um, so it's impossible to know because it's impossible to know everyone who has had their ideas changed and what each one of those people has done. So that's that's literally an impossible question to answer, not because it hasn't changed anything, but because the route branches and, you know. Um, I would say you could actually prove the, it. The, the absence of evidence is sometimes evidence, which is where are the politicians that took power because of his great inspirational ideas of parroting a political party? Where, where, where did the, where did society change for the better due to the power available? Well, do, do, does everybody that makes the difference always go into government? There's agorists. Does that, can't that make a difference? Does yeah, and, and, and you yeah. know, I, I love agorists, and I, I talk to them all the time because I really respect the concept of trying to eliminate the, the coercive role of the state in your life. But yeah. that is a, uh, again, people who don't vote or people who are going to gray markets to separate, that's, that, that's not this discussion because those people are not, they're not listening to uh, a third party. They, they don't right. care. I'm talking to people who care about third parties, which there are a ton of them. Yes, agreed. Okay. So I, I, you, you make a very good point. I, yeah. I don't want to dismiss you. I'm just saying that that's a whole other podcast if you want to have it sometime. That's not a uh, – that is not uh, my big idea, and I don't have anything unique about it to say today. Okay. Fair enough. I, I just wanted to make sure that, like, we address – yes, they are making a difference. They are not making a difference in third-party argument being counterproductive. They don't make a difference in, in the government side of things. They make a difference in the in the world at large of governance, though. Yeah, which is great because I, I acknowledge yeah. that if yeah. agorism really took hold in America, you wouldn't need a political revolution. It would be one without firing a shot because people would Agreed. just be dealing with themselves and leave the state alone. And that's part of my big thing is how to win without firing a shot because I do have – I mean you said you listened to my show. Did you listen to that recent episode that I did with uh, Kanjo and Dead Man talking about our pasts and history and stuff like that? No, how recently no. did you drop it? Uh, it was, I, I, I don't know. I'd have to look. It was. Oh, okay. I'll, like I'll, I'll scroll so back and check it out. I, yeah, I apologize. What did yeah, I miss? You, you, you miss podcasts and stuff like that on mine all the time. I'm sure because I, I drop them so infrequently that you don't really see them. You know, you have to catch them just by chance usually. Um, but yeah, we were talking about our past and how, and in the darkness and them and how we're looking for healing in the darkness that we've had and lived through and done and um how important it is to be nonviolent in life and to have nonviolent solutions for things uh kanjo was you know he was basically uh a higher protector for gangs and stuff like that uh you know he 
you protect people in gangs, uh, in street gangs, he was a street guy, and then you have Dead Man, he was, uh, overseas in the military, um, just stuff like that, um, and we all talked about our pasts, and it was, it, it was a pretty heavy episode, that, especially that portion of it, uh, the beginning of the episode was, uh, I think I went a little bit too far with one of my jokes talking to Zach, but that was, that was to lighten up because I wanted to go too far with something to, so to make it easier to get through the darkness later. Um, All right. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's a, I feel like that that's the most important thing is to get through that without firing a shot because once shots are fired, the shots always come back and they come back worse, you know? Yeah. The, the, the return fire is always worse. Um, so Definitely. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, okay. So where are we going with that? I just... I, I'm just going to say that the best idea that I had for how to fix the problem that I see, which is a tremendous amount of people wasting a tremendous amount yeah. of time and money in third-party politics, take advantage of all of these Liberty podcasts or any other kind of podcast. I'm just saying Liberty-oriented might be where, for example, Libertarian podcasters might want to host Libertarian politicians. And my goal is to encourage you and any other podcasters that are listening or any other fans that want to reach out to podcasts, if you could please invite uh, third-party politicians on your show for a little interview, ask them if they'll, out of that interview, give me five or ten minutes. And uh, at that point, I will ask them a few questions. And the questions are stuff like, what do you think you're accomplishing? Why would you run as a libertarian and not be on a debate stage? Meanwhile, if you ran as a Republican, everybody would hear your opinion. See, that's awesome because you're not just saying – Okay, this is what I think and leaving it there. You're saying, oh, I have this idea, but there's nothing challenging it, you know, so it's not as convincing because there's, there's, there hasn't been as much pushback from the people actually doing it. So you're saying, okay, this is the people actually doing it. Let me in with them to your audience and then we will discuss it because these are, these are the people who most strongly believe in both sides and have the arguments for both sides of what they are doing. Rather than a third party independent like me or like, uh, say, um, who's somebody that has politicians on a lot? Uh, Punk Punk Rock Liberty. They have, you know, they had George Jorgensen on. They've had Vermin Supreme on. So, like, someone like them, it would be good to have both of you on to present both sides of that third party argument. Yeah, and what I'm thinking is, I mean, I'm I'm never afraid to be wrong. Maybe I'm oh, wrong. Yeah. Maybe there is value to having but, but people that push that's, an idea as opposed to power. That's why you go against the strongest opposition you can find to pro- to prove to yourself too, if you are right or wrong. And, yeah, and, you know, and I yeah. I think this sounds incredibly entertaining, doesn't it? Like, can you imagine Not if yet. I had a chance to talk to five minutes to Joe Jorgensen and ask her why are you running for office if you know you can't win? Yeah, it, it would. Why are you taking people's money to play politician? Shouldn't you give that money back and go run as a Democrat or Republican and actually try to win office? Um, how, how are you going to go about trying to win office? Where is that money going to come from? Because it is not going to come from the Republican base. What or money? the Democrat base. The, the, the money to run. Because it takes money to run, especially in those... Uh, you know, 
top two parties. Do you, do you believe, given especially the success of Tulsi Gabbard in the Democrat Party, you do you, you don't believe that if Joe Jorgensen was running as a Democrat, she wouldn't have made a ton, a boatload of money from even traditional Democrats who kind of like what she's got to say. It's a little different than what the other Democrats are pushing. So, Tulsi Gabbard also got shut down by the, um, uh, fuck, what's the acronym they use? Democrats. I don't know. I don't pay attention to party D- politics anymore. DNC. Um, right. DNC. That's it. I, I would have known so, that about two years ago. <laughs> that's which is which by the way, Ziggy, that's fine because everybody heard Tulsi's message. Yeah. Everybody got a chance to hear it and she moved the Overton window a little bit. She did. Okay. That, so that, that's your point. My, is 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 my point valid that Joe Jorgensen, yes. if she was on a Democrat debate stage, would be making a much bigger difference in society, even if she didn't get power, just speaking truth to power. The, the fact that she moved, like not getting to power, but the the fact that she moved the Overton window, that right there is where I think you proved your point to me. That that so that it, it's only possible because Tulsi didn't run. As a third party, anti-war third party, ran as an anti-war Democrat. Because okay, yeah, right. Even though the Democratic Party's not is not opposed to war, they're 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 a pro-war party. Very true. So Very. Ziggy, it looks like if you put a D next to your name and get enough votes and get enough people interested in you in polls. You're going to get a chance to speak in front of everybody. She was also pretty much a Democrat with most of her uh, ideas. But, you know, one or two ideas definitely would work. But that means in order to get that traction, you're also likely abandoning a lot of what you already believe. Like, I don't think an Austrian would get anywhere in the Democrat Party. You don't think so? No. Nah. I could be proven wrong. They, I think that they could figure out a way to tailor their message and say, you know, we, we could do a lot more for people if we had a stronger currency. See, when you have the modern monetary theory people and stuff in there, I, it's just a disagreement on what money is at the foundation. The, the definition of money is where the disagreement is. And I'm not sure most people are not too set in their ways on what they believe and just listening to their major spokespeople that are going to be trying to trash you. But I do agree that moving that window is enough that over time it could very well make that difference that we're looking for. Because I don't think it will change overnight, you know, in that 60 days. But I think that 60 days could make a difference and over time each of those 60 days could make a substantial Substantial difference. There we go. I was trying to think if it was substantial or substantial, but it's definitely substantial. (laughs) Those are the two different words that are very closely related. (laughs) I can't keep them straight. Like so that's uh, that's my big idea, Ziggy. That That's what I yeah. want to do over the next couple months. I want to get on as many podcasts as possible, spread my message, identify what I think is a problem, come up with a solution, and then argue with the politicians about it and see if they, if, if they can change my mind or if I can change theirs. Yeah. Why and not? what's in it for me, Ziggy? Can you figure it out yet? You got a better world. 
Yeah, oh, well, yeah, first of all, I, I believe that the ideas that a lot of third-party politicians have are heartfelt, logical, yeah. and they genuinely could make the world a better place. Yeah. But it's also selfish, dude. I'll be the first to admit it. What, how would I, Theodore, with crowdfund and government benefit those types of politicians, if I can get them in power or even just on the debate stage, uh, would be much more sympathetic to testing out an idea like crowdfunding government. Yeah, but I'd say that's beyond potentially. I'd say it's likely. Yeah. So I want to get rid of these third parties and load up the deck. So when it comes 2022, we got a bunch of undercover third parties running, basically preaching the message of the third party, you know, with a little bit of a twist to make sure that they still hit the talking points that the that the party requires, uh, which isn't too tough, right? Because they're so generic. They're both the same. Uh, it's okay. Um, and yeah, at they're that both point, exactly I think, the same uh, almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Reality, it's exactly the same. Uh, so that's uh that, that's my big idea Ziggy. that's what i wanted to tell you about and uh if you ever if you ever have the opportunity or any yeah. any of you ever reach out to or get reached out to by um a third-party politician uh keep me in mind I, yeah. I would really appreciate the opportunity to provide some entertainment all right and uh you mind if i have some other stuff tagged on to the back of this uh if so i might have some people that are interested in joining up uh joining into the lounge here uh, and, uh, we can have a little bit of an after party to end the episode on. Yeah, let's, uh, let, let, let let's hit the lounge and, uh, let's just, lounge. uh, see what other people are doing tonight. I'm fine All with right. that. You wanted the bar or the lounge, not that it matters. <laughs> no, I, I don't know the difference. Whichever there, the there one, where, whichever one everybody's chilling in. There is no difference. Well, let's hit the bar. Hopefully somebody has some beer. Hopefully somebody's a little buzzed. I'm in the voice chat. All right. All right. Hey. Are you crowdfunded? Yo. Yo. Yeah, let's uh, let's see who wants to pop. All right. So I'm gonna throw up a little music in the background here. From my new favorite band that I've become addicted to. Um, cool. Need to breathe for those who are interested. Check them out. They have a new album coming out soon that I'm very excited for. Um, I'm going to plug them a little bit because I'm an asshole who doesn't believe in IP. Uh, at least they'd probably think I'm an asshole for it. But you know what? they probably too nice to say that anyway. <laughs> Seem like pretty good dudes. 
Uh, let's go Outsiders. Outsiders is a good one. Let's pump this shit up. Uh, share. Um, playlist. Yeah, list. Alright. Let's get this, let's get this stuff hopping. been up to lately you still, still starting to open up where you're from or this is super loud and i can't make it quiet on my end you can't make it quiet on your end no i can't control my rhythm hold on all right sorry rhythm was rhythm was the little volume bar and rhythm was frozen oh <laughs> seriously like that sucks uh i've never had that happen to me actually yeah, I didn't mean either. I, I was like, I can't change it! So, uh, what happened was, uh, quarantine, I lost 30 pounds. You lost 30 pounds over quarantine? Yeah, I was 220, I'm down to 190. Damn, good. I, I didn't do, I didn't exercise because my gym closed. So, what happened was, I just wasn't able to go out to the bars, you know, fool around and drink. Oh. Yeah. And it turns out that I'll add about 30 pounds to you. Yeah. Alright, doesn't look like too many people are online. We'll wait for a little while. Alright, so, uh, what, what's... You've lost 30 pounds. Damn. And I'm, uh... 30 pounds, dude. I, I, I'm pretty glad that I've managed to put on about 10. Um, I've been trying to put on some weight, but I've managed to put on about 10, but that's, well, that's not something that I'm not going to just drop as soon as I start running again. So. Yeah, right, right when it all started and I stopped going to my gym, I started, like, I was going out of control. Like, I was ballooning. I don't know how, mu how much I got above 20, but yeah. I ballooned from there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I. And then thank God, thank God the bars shut down. No more alcohol or calories. Yeah, I was struggling the other night. Sorry about, you know, ditching you like that. I was struggling because, like, my riddle and stuff, and, like, I was going through withdrawal and everything, and it was it was a struggle, man. Yeah, what, what are your thoughts on chemical dependence? It sucks, and I want off the f fucking shit, but, like, I know how my, bad my brain functions without and how it freezes. Uh, yeah, you, like, you, you need a you need a stimulant. I mean, yeah. it's it's a straight you know straight like, stimulant shot. I'd I'd rather fucking cut off half the fingers on my right hand than be dependent on the shit. I honestly would, and I'm not even kidding about that. That's not an exaggeration. Right, and this this is what they were warning about back when like Ritalin kicked off in the '90s. They said like. This is actually potentially the worst thing you could give somebody because eventually they're going to have a pendants that's going to ruin their life. Yeah. And, like, I know it's, like, when it doesn't work because, you know, like, we had heat damage on these and stuff like that. And I think there's some humidity damage in them somehow, too. Uh, but, yeah, it's is, it is bad. 
Uh, so now I'm at a lower dose right now because my insurance wouldn't cover the damage to get new meds and it was going to cost me 500 bucks so we changed me to a lower dose that I was able to get for 70 bucks. Okay, cool. Even though I'm technically, I mean, according to the insurance company, like now, according to the insurance company, I'm taking both meds. You know? Instead of my normal dose. It's so stupid. Oh my god. Ziggy, I, I, I hate, I hate the, I hate medicine, like, I, I, like, the whole, like, politics and how it works and the economics, dude, I, I can't stand oh my it, god. like, nobody's getting like, cared for. Oh my god, the government's gotten so fucking, it, it's got its thumb up everyone's ass with insurance, and it's, it's all bullshit. It, it makes insurance not function as insurance. Oh, how you doing? Is that- Gonzo. Hey, what's going on? Not much. Is that Gonzo Kanjo? No, Kanjo's still over here. I recognize you from somewhere. Other than my server. You're dissecting Liberty's server? I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I can't remember. Gonzo? Hello? You're coming through fine, Ziggy. Alright. You know how to turn down the audio, Gonzo? The music? Just kill, just kill, kill, kill Rhythm Dogs. Alright, I'll kill it. Alright. I like the idea, but I also think it slows it down and makes yeah, it choppy. Does. It does. I like the idea of like a live band kind of thing, but it is, yeah. I try. Yeah, the problem is Discord sucks enough as it is to record on, you know? Yeah. So, Gonzo, what's up? What's going on, Ziggy? Eh, I don't know, not too much. Um, the tracks have been opening back up, the racetracks around here. I've literally worked at the racetrack uh, twice in under a week now. Uh, we've had two separate shows. The, the World of Outlaws were out there. Uh, set, um, the World of Outlaws were out there Tuesday night, so I was working Wednesday during the day. Uh, it was, it was good. Um, the, you know, with all this shit with the racetracks and sh shit being shut down and everything being shut down, it's making people desperate to get out, and then when there is something, like, what happened? I mean, we have a maximum seating capacity of 4,200 people at Attica, I believe. We had to have at least sold 6,000 pit passes, minimum, because there wasn't a... There wasn't two inches between people in the stands. There was... There were people... All the way down, you know, along the back stretches, there's no catch fence or anything down there because there aren't supposed to be people down there. Except there were supposedly competitors. They were allowed to be over there. Um, so, you know, fire engines and stuff like that when something, you know, breaks on your car to test it out before you got out on the track. People go down that pit pit road uh, to the, you know, to the pit entrances. Um, you know, and... 
it was it was it was a shit show. It really was with how many people were there. Um and it I just felt like okay, this isn't dangerous because of the coronavirus, it's just dangerous because there's too many fucking people in this place. You know? And the longer they keep everybody tied down, the worse it's going to, you know, that, that phenomenon is going to fest everywhere. Yeah. People are getting real fucking tired of being locked up. Yeah, like, I have uh, some friends I sim race with that happened to be there from Maryland, and I was in line to get my pit pass next to a guy from, you know, um, from uh, Wisconsin, that's it. And, like, it was, you know, usually you get, you know, a guy here or there from that far away, but, like, usually it's, you know, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, because we're here in Ohio. It's usually, you know, it's usually not too far where most people are coming from to see the World of Outlaws, but now it's, like, all over the country. And it's like, okay, this is this is too much. Like, yeah, the people I sim race with, they come down there every year because they used to race down there, and it's a big race from, you know... They, they they used to race this race back when they raced, so they, they come down to watch. But the guy coming from, you know, uh, Wisconsin, that's just because he was desperate to get to a race, you know? Yeah. And it's like amazing. the same thing's happening with everything. And, you know, people are going to find ways around the fucking laws like we just did. We said, oh, you can't get general admission more than 200 people in this place? All right, we'll give six thousand people a fucking pit pass, you know. Improvise, adapt, and overcome, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know that—that's you know this, the racing people. Yeah, we're always adapting and overcoming rules and laws, and you know however you want to phrase it. Uh, like that—that's what we do. But you know, everybody else is gonna start doing it. Well, just uh, put the smoky unit on it, man. Get around it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, that's, that's, most of the tracks in Ohio are so shot down, but, like, that that's what's been going on up here. And I'm a big fan of it. Like, I work for the track and all that. Like, I'm, like, you know, odds of something going wrong are still kind of small, and everybody there understands the risk. We all know we're taking a risk. It's a fucking racetrack. Shit happens. Cars go through catch fences, you know, like what happened at, uh, you know, at Toledo with the Super Modifieds a few years ago. Well, those cars fucking shred when they hit the catch fence, and parts went through the catch fence into the crowd. Like, we know and oh. accept it with this form of racing, you know? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I mean, nobody was killed, but still, like, you know, it's it's a fucking racetrack. You have to know what you're expecting. You know, these aren't tame vehicles. There's a reason we go to watch them. You know, it's not somebody going for a day for a Sunday drive. These these things are fucking bombs on wheels that go faster than any fucking animal is ever created to go. And they're they're crazy. Uh, That's why we love it. And uh, you have people sitting there. Along the back stretch with only those small, like, median barricades that are, like, you know, just higher than my knee, preventing a car with a stuck throttle from running into them. Like, yeah, no, thank you. We, we can't be doing that. It's, it's, we're a little bit beyond the 1960s. 
Like, get a grip. People would rather face some danger to get some excitement than be completely safe all the time. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's already kind of, you know, we have our danger element there. Shit happened. There's a car a couple years ago at Atomic that ripped down the catch fence and went into the crowd and broke a guy's back. It was lucky it just broke his back. Stuff happens in motorsports. It does. Yeah. But there's a reason still. It's still safe enough that, you know, my grandparents and stuff were taking me to the races when I was two weeks old, you know? Like, it's still safe enough, but stuff happens every now and then. Uh, and now, because of supposedly trying to be safe, we're making things more dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's pretty crazy, but it is what it is. Yeah, I like the way you explained it. I wish more people could hear it that way. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, rule, people are going to find a way around rules. People are going to find a way around being made prisoners. And that's what we are. We're all under house arrest. I've been saying that for ages. We're all under fucking house arrest. We've all been yeah, convicted. You, you don't, you don't, Ziggy, you don't even own the house, dude. Yeah. We, 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 we've all been convicted, though. We're all convicted criminals. You know? Dude, I'm stealing that line, actually. That's really good. We're under house arrest. We don't even own the house. Holy shit, Ziggy. That's good, yeah. dude. The government owns the house. They say they own everything. You know, that started off with... Uh, who Who is the guy that said that? He took it from... Um, it's, it's a Russian. He's the first, like, modern guy that brought it back from feudalism. Uh, it, it was just on... Uh, um, shit. Um, Russian guy, the the first Russian Revolution, the the one before the ah shit, Trotsky, no the one that happened like fourteen years before that or whatever. My Russian history is rough. Uh, we need to get bullshit or a bird on here yeah, to like go into not. that. They they yeah uh, what whatever it is. They nailed it. Yeah, they do. They they do an awesome job. Um, it's it. We're under house arrest. We don't own the house. You know, the government says they own all the property, and we rent it. Like th- that, that Russian czar, he literally put on his census that he made. He put on his census landlord. That was his occupation. Oh my god! He wrote landlord as his occupation. Oh my god. <laughs> Sounds like you just saw God with the, how scary that is. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the water went down the wrong pipe. Oh, that's because it's not beer, buddy. Mm, valid point. <laughs> oh, by, by the way, Gonzo, we're recording, just, just so you know. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> doing a little, doing a little... Doing a little advert party. Should I be trying to not be a degenerate then, or no? no be extra please, degenerate, please. please. Please be extra degenerate. <laughs> That's kind of my brand. <laughs> All right, good. 
Should I not be a degenerate? Uh, so what part of Ohio were you in, Zeg? Um, I live near Cleveland. Me too. I'm over in Warren. All right. Um. Heard of. All right. Yeah. So, um. That's cool. That's yeah. really cool. Um, so, yeah, it's, you, you should, you should head over, uh, Fremont has a race Saturday. Yeah, that, that'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be nothing like, you know, it, it'll be nothing like, um, the race was at Attica. That was ridiculous because that was over there and it was the biggest race of the year, basically, that's not canceled. Um, so, yeah, so you should. what is, what is the, uh. Because, I mean, racing could go on without the spectators. It, it did. We, we did it without spectators. Uh, but the problem is... How is the venue getting paid, then? How, how is the track getting paid if there aren't people showing up well, buying tickets? there are other things at play. Of course, the track has sponsors, but that only does a frac- not even a fraction of what you need. The other thing is someplace right. like Attica, they were open for a few weeks without anyone. They they were limited to like three people per team. And that was uh, the deal there was they have um, Dirt Vision, which is, you know, a streaming service that you pay, I don't know, what is it, $150 a year or something like that, uh, which is a really great deal compared to what you're actually paying at the track, you know, right. uh, for a full season. And, and that's... That's the deal there, but they're still losing money on that with that. But the plan with that was to prove that they can follow regulations and get open. You know, that, that was to prove they could follow the rules and then open themselves up and technically follow the rules, question mark. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's how that whole thing went down, uh, where, where they were open. But then you have like NASCAR and stuff like that. They have the whole, you know corporate television deal so that's how they're running and then indycar they're like uh i think penske took the whole hit when they went to texas i think he took all the hit as far as the money goes uh to run that race he personally lost money on that that was that was all his money he sunk into that race um When he when they ran the IndyCar race to open up at Texas, but yeah, it's it's really it's hard it's hard on us all. Um, what I'm worried about is the small teams that rely on the sponsors, and then you know you know the traveling teams like sprint cars, you know that's the owners losing money even though the driver is doing it for a living kind of thing. That's that's the kind of motorsport where, and then you do something like this to them, everybody's fucked, you know. That's what worries me. Oh, I'm no, I'm no expert, but from what I understand and from what I see from the tracks around me, I mean, they're having a hard enough time keeping their head above water on a typical year. That's yeah, really. Oh, I a mean, lot of tracks. A lot of tracks aren't reopening next year. A lot, a lot of clo- a lot of tracks folded this year already. A lot of them. Wow. Yeah, and uh, those that didn't fold yet, some um. Like, they're like, yeah, you aren't letting us open, but we have to open and run a race, or we aren't opening, period, uh, ever again. 
and some of those got shut down and are never reopening. Some of them got away with it. Some of them got away with calling it a protest one time. It's all it's it's all over the radar, man. See, if I were an owner of a track, it would be a situation of um, informing everybody of their uh, of HIPAA. Like, hey, you may have a medical condition that prevents you from wearing a mask and you know? Yeah. Oh, That's nobody at the tracks wearing a mask. Nobody, not even at the concession stand. <laughs> so, I mean, if you were to be I'm... the owner of one of these venues and just run your business as per usual, yeah. I feel like that, it, if people wanted to see a change, that would be well, what the, we've been doing, the way to go. We, can't, we were told shut you down. That's basically what's going on. Like we were told, we can only sell two hundred of uh, forty-two hundred general admission tickets. So we sold two hundred general admission tickets, and instead of four thousand, um, instead of four thousand pit passes as um, competitors, as is what we're calling them, because you're allowed to have as many competitors as you want. So we give them pit passes. Um, okay. And yep. unfortunately, there were like 6,000 pit passes sold, not 4,000. And then the place was overcrowded like you wouldn't believe. Um, but yeah. And was there any pushback from the local municipal tyrants? Or... Not yet. You know. Not yet. Sick, but we sick reference, by the way. Very sick reference. That is, that is preferred <laughs> LMT, dude. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah, that's, I mean... That's the choice way of identifying these Cretans. Yeah. Um, we haven't had any blowback yet, um, but we take care of the... I think we left the whole city cleaner than we found it, even though there were cars parked throughout the entire city. Um, apparently, there were even cars parked in the uh, in the cemetery, believe it or not, unfortunately. But I think they even left it cleaner than they found it. Um, because I, I do the cleanup the entire day after the race and there was one partially shredded napkin in the cemetery and that's it. There's literally nothing. There wasn't a bottle cap. There wasn't a bottle cap. So that, that was good. I was happy to see that they were respectful even though they were parked in it, you know? Um, there, there wasn't a tire tread off the, uh, off the gravel onto the grass, nothing. So that, that was good. I would have preferred, you know, for the track's sake, they'd not have gone into the cemetery to park, but, you know. It's almost like people know how to act without being told. Oh my gosh, it's shocking, isn't it? I, it's, I mean, can you imagine, like, could people do that? Like, could we do it without a government? But, but what if what if they do what if they do evil things? Oh, evil things? Well, people doing evil what... things? Never <laughs> heard oh, of no, that. Oh no! But 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 the government the government will stop that though. Oh no! Oh. I mean, we we've 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 never had evil things, and we've never had a government. And, so what you're suggesting yeah. is that they'll take a break from fucking kids and extorting entire populations oh, wait. of people on their wrong. money. We've always just had to evil. Stop us from doing bad shit. <laughs> oh shit! I'm wrong. We've always had evil things, and we've pretty much always had a government. Oh <laughs> fuck! 
Well, I've lived my whole life wrong. I just realized it. My entire political... Uh, I end the podcast right now. It's over. <laughs> the government's here to stop the evil. Can I suggest that maybe we hire a better government? Oh, just like yeah. they didn't kill those that 98% of people in that wish trial that I was talking about earlier? Like that? Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Wood chipper go burr, buddy. That's that's my plan. Uh, Helicopter go burr. Also, yes. Wood chipper's a little more fuel efficient, though. I wouldn't want to upset I mean, the you know environmental crowd. The choices people like, make and the choices governments make, especially the choices governments make, wipe and erase cities off map. You know that you know that picture of you know the city that the uh, that the dragon's gone through and it's got all the charred bones and this destroyed you know castle and all the buildings and it's all crumbled rock with you know that's on fire and everything. Yeah, that's what happens after you set off bombs. Yeah, that's the dragon there. Every person that got murdered by a citizen in the 20th century and then stacked that against the death total of governments, I, I would be willing to bet that it was less than 1% of the deaths that the governments of the world caused. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the reason we keep them. Well, there's, there's murderers and there's rapists, and if you let the families and then, of those and then... victims handle those motherfuckers, yeah. That is what would that that would put an immediate fucking end to it. Yeah, it would. Because you wouldn't be sitting in your cushy little cell for twenty five years. You'd be dealt with now tonight, immediately. And yeah, everybody. And, and then know. you look at the people who are all about, um, like, without using government force, but rebelling against whoever, whatever majority they see as in power. Like that's why I'm afraid of like the whole thing about like doing special stuff for minorities instead of just treating them all equally is like look at Rwanda the minority got the upper hand on the majority and started coming at them with fuck you're gonna cry yeah parents maybe maybe even shit okay I see that's normal even for people to, you know, cry when they see how scary I am. For people to piss their pants when they, you know, have a full bladder. For people to shit their pants if they, if they like that kind of shit. And, of course, for people to come when they see how much of a hunk I am. Did you know that in this community, Bird is not the only cryptid? Yep, that's right. Hoss is actually a werewolf. He is a Norman wolf report. Which again is a subset of the CIA. Is uh, one of the werewolves who worships the Bergman. 
which is why if the dogman reflector. So yeah, just so you know. Hi there, I'm Oz from the Oddball Aussie Podcast. Do you enjoy hearing about ufology, the paranormal, cryptids, and anything else that's strange or unknown? If so, then my show might just be for you. Join me for a different topic once a week and a midweek show that's all about listeners' true stories. Follow me on Twitter at AussieOddball or email me at theoddballaussie at hotmail.com. Hope you enjoy the show and stay safe out there in the weird. I just missed a bunch of what was said because I didn't realize the recording went over an hour, but uh, I'm recording again. So we missed oh, that, that was a good one, too. Yeah, it was. Sorry, Gonzo. Oh, no, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I am. That was a good one, man, because it's like I, I do I do make fun of people who challenge, you know, crowdfunding yeah. government using stupid ideas. Um, but right. I, I am always respectful to the idea that I had a lot of questions about this idea as I've been developing it. So I don't if people are genuinely have questions, I actually really enjoy the conversation because we, we have to have these conversations if we're ever going to win. Like, other people are going to ask the same questions. So as long as the questions are easily answerable, I'm always in good shape, you know. So I, I love it, man. I, I love real respected, oh, Fartman. What? All right, so, so basically, uh, let's go back over and cover what we are saying about how it could end up being like uh, Detroit Threat Management. Hold on, Fart, Fart Pimpson just popped in. Dude, yes, let him let him get did. connected. Fart Pimpson. Yeah, dude, dude, the Fart Man is checking in. Hold the. We'll see if it works. My internet's kind of terrible. Uh, Hi, buddy. What's up, everybody? Why am I not able to adjust his volume? He sounds really That's good to me. Government conspiracy. Well, I had to turn everybody's volume up to 200%. Hmm. I can't adjust. Part, what's going on, brother? There we go. Not much. How's it going? Just doing a post. Uh, Dose and I just uh, did a, a little, uh, you know, a little Ziggy and crowdfunded kind of hangout sesh for about uh, 20 minutes. And uh, we just popped into the, the bar to see who's uh, drinking. And got Gonzo. He's chilling. You know, seems like it's all good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm drinking. What you drinking? Uh, Four Roses. Neat. Bad boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to go get something to drink myself. I've got to carry my computer with me. Because I am about to go get myself some tea. How late? How late you staying up, dude? <sighs> Who knows? I should be at the racetrack tonight, but we're not racing because we've done too many races lately. So the tracks closed this weekend. Uh, so I don't have to do anything until tomorrow at like I don't know, like five o'clock, and I've got to get out there before that. But like. It only takes like an hour to get out there. Yeah, 
Do you really sprint? Do I really sprint? Is that what you just said? Do you race sprint? Yeah, do you race sprint? I don't race sprints. I work on the team. I, uh, I'm a Uh-oh. videographer. What? I just said, oh, gotcha. I didn't. I yeah. you raced. No, I don't race myself, no. I sim race them <laughs> on iRacing and shit. <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't <laughs> race them myself. See, drivers listen more to what I tell them if I'm not the one actually driving the car. See, if they don't realize how bad I actually am at driving, they listen better. <laughs> why, why do you think you struggle at it considering how much knowledge you have uh reflexes and stuff want to always be on point uh with, yeah uh, i've always i've always taken my hand eye reflexes for uh like for granted because it turns out like i can do a lot and some people yeah. it's like they just don't do it and also i just don't have the self-control that i tell the drivers to have that's the other thing so, like, when I'm walking them through, like, their lap times and stuff like that and going through uh, the um, the video of what they've driven, like, you know, we tell them, okay, you, you need, you know, okay, this is how long it takes to react to something. This is how much distance you need between that car and you in this situation. And I know me, I'd be right up that guy's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the self-control to drive a race car without crashing when somebody makes a mistake. <sighs> and it's catastrophic. A lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. It's, uh, I... You can just ask the guys I sim race with. Like, uh, Dead Carney, I was hoping he'd be in here. Um, like, I sim race with him. Like, like I, I help him with coaching. He's getting back into racing. He used to race for a living, like... We've made some progress with him and, like, uh, um, just how he drives and stuff like that. Um, walking through what he's done, analyzing his laps and stuff like that. And uh, talking about patience and how that affects your racing and stuff like that. And he's made strides just on sim racing, and he's looking at getting back into real racing now. Um, but it's... I know I wouldn't be able to do what I coach people to do, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the same way. Whenever I give advice to people, it's always what I should do, and then I never follow the advice. Oh yeah, I would do the exact opposite. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Absolutely, I can tell you exactly what you need to do with with your life while I watch mine burn. Like, yeah, it's too much work. <laughs> Cap Henry, I, I I worked with him for a few years. My uh, grandfather was coaching him. I was doing the video, and that's where I learned, you know, to do the. To how to analyze the laps like that, uh, to coach. And um, basically, I know exactly what his problem was, where he crashed the other night uh, at the Doty, was it was because nobody, as he was uh, about to head out onto the track, told him one word, patience. That's all he fucking needs to hear. And he doesn't drive like that. If nobody tells him patience as he's on the track, oh, dead, they're just asking about... uh, yeah, whether I race, and I told them, no, I wouldn't be able to race in real life. Just ask the people I sim race with how much of an idiot I am when I drive. <laughs> Compared to how I coach people to drive. 
So how different is it how I coach people to drive versus right. how I drive? Alright, what did I walk into? Holy moly. Okay, I, I'm recording the podcast episode right now. Then I'm like, well, why don't you race in real life since you know so much about it? And I'm like, okay, you, I wish Dad was in here so he could explain how different I drive from how I coach people to drive. And that if people saw how I actually drive, they wouldn't listen. <laughs> so, how do I coach to drive compared to how I drive? <laughs> um, he can tell you what to do. He can't do it himself. <laughs> yeah, same. Then you got me. I know what to do. I can't tell you what to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go military style here for a moment. I don't have enough crowns and paper to draw out what goes through my head to explain what I do to make it understandable. Whereas I can make it understandable, and I can tell you exactly what you need to hear to have a good race, but the moment I try and do it, it's just, everybody thinks I'm on fucking cocaine. I'll, probably I'll something a little worse, way, probably I like bath salts or something. Keep it straight in my head. Now, that's not to say that him and I haven't had some good races, because we have. Oh, oh yeah. Hey, we were just having a practice tonight, and we had a good time in the Indy cars. We had some good side-by-side action, and that was just a practice. Oh, yeah, plenty of back and forth on that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Have you guys ever thought about uh, live-streaming these or uh, videoing them somehow so we can uh, all, like, watch the race? Yes, yes, we're actually trying to get people to broadcast for us. We are actively doing that. That sounds so cool. So they just talk about side by side That's so cool, man. I'd love to watch that. Same. You're everybody's always yeah, awesome. I, I would love to have somebody that can broadcast. Yeah. I would like to have somebody that could broadcast because then they could do it from either the spectator view or even as somebody's spotter because they'll get different. I mean, you save the us by ourselves in iRacing. You're limited to just the cockpit, which is what everybody pretty much streams all over Twitch, Facebook, yeah. you name it. And it's like, we want something different. We want something where you can see the action, like you're kind of watching it on TV, but you can tell it's not TV because the cameras are bouncing around a little bit and just highlight the good racing. Yeah, yeah this person's dominating, but look at this battle for third. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I love like, the idea of listening to the spotter and having like those kind of options and that sort of extra yeah. information because... I got into uh, watching the guys do uh, some spot recently. I was like, dude, this is actually yeah. interesting. The race. And like, uh, we have a special like fun run goofy episode um, that we're just calling it a Joker race. Basically, we all had to choose what car we were gonna go with. We only raced ovals, but we raced dirt pavement, legends ovals, super speedways, whatever. And we had to choose our car, and then we randomly selected the track after we chose our car. So like two of them, two of us are driving a pavement sprint car. Two of us are driving a dirt UMP modified, and I'm racing a dirt winged 360. And the track ended up being a pavement what uh, five eighths mile oval. Uh, three quarter mile oval pavement. USA International Speed. Yeah. So like three of five of us chose dirt cars and it's a pavement race. (laughs) 
Now, shockingly, with the right setup and the right driving ability, the times are pretty competitive. Yeah, yeah. You like you 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 in the pavement car are about a second faster than I am in the dirt car, and then the UMP mods are about a second off what I am. It's one of those things where I wish we kind of had about twenty to thirty people so we could do it as different class races. <laughs> well, I can actually throw, I can actually make it different classes if you want. I posted a oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not in uh, general that shows that has a uh, they do. I think it's just eye racing. They might do more, but I think it's just eye racing where they just they they have different. Um, Races and stuff, and they actually have different camera angles and whatnot. Yeah, there's a few of those types of services, but they're hard to get into, and some of them you have to pay for and stuff. I've been searching through them. Like, the one I'm looking at right now is Apex Racing. But, yeah, there's a oh, few of them. And then, uh, Turn 3, Turn 3, um, Racing Network is the one I think would be, might be our best bet, but it might be hard to get in with them without giving up any control of the league. I, I like the idea we had starting off where we should start saving the replays and yeah. just go back on Twitch, play the replay, and find a way to have both of our voices kind of come through and just kind of walk people through what's going on. Oh, first um, we can get a legitimate broadcaster. That that's actually might be more entertaining than watching it live. Would be you guys talking shit after the fact, watching it again. You know, like yeah, oh, yeah. watch this move, check this out. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's actually a really cool idea, even better than live, and I guess it'd be easier to produce, right? Um, yeah, because yeah. we're literally at the mercy of the replay, and we could literally pause it. Wait a minute, back that up a little bit. I want to see that again. Yeah. Ziggy, what did you do? Hold on, back that up. <laughs> <laughs> it would be me. It would be me. It would be perfect for that Phoenix race. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that Phoenix race, that was crazy. I, I was fucking with your head so bad. I don't know how many more laps you would have gone without screwing up. Uh, I think we went about seven laps. He was trying to pull a Dale Earnhardt on me and was just sitting in my mirror, just minding his own. I'm minding my own. I'm leading the race. I'd pull away a little bit. He'd catch up. I'd pull away a little bit. He'd catch up. And he was trying to force me out of my line without touching me. Well, when he finally had his opportunity to go, because I couldn't take the pressure much longer, and I was just going to let him by, when he broke the draft out from behind me, the car came out from underneath him. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, I just, I just lost... It also had a Dale Earnhardt ending at the end, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right into the, straight into the wall. Because I lost all my downforce when he cut across, and I just stayed behind him for like a fraction of a second too long when I was crossing over. To try and get that extra run in the draft when he gave up the good line to me. And then all of a sudden, I'm into the wall. I'm like, oh, fuck! Right, right, right when he did what I wanted him to do, I crashed. Hey, uh, Snortfrog has entered the chat. Hello. Long time to see, Zig. And other people. The same. Never met. Pleasure to meet you, man. Hello. Oh, um, give your pitch, uh, your normal pitch. I know you did your new pitch, but do your normal pitch for Snowfrog. I want to know what he thinks. Yeah, Snowfrog, you got uh, 20 seconds? What? You got 20, <laughs> 20 seconds, seconds real yeah, quick. You listening? Oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. 
All right, man. Uh, taxation is theft, robbery, extortion. It's the absolute worst thing on earth, the fact that you can't wake up in the morning and go to sleep without somebody sticking a gun in your face, stealing your money, voluntarily crowdfund government. Yeah, now I'm horny. <laughs> um, I actually have um, I have a governor right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually um, kind of what I've been going down recently. I thought for the longest time, oh, what's a necessary evil? It has to be done. And then I realized, well, anyone that refuses to pay, anyone that ends up, uh, I'm sure you've been to a small business where they're like, oh, uh, you know, I'd really prefer you pay uh, cash. That's always going underneath the table. You know, oh yeah. There's a there's a reason why when I go to restaurants, I pay in cash, tip in cash, uh, cash, yeah. cash, cash. I actually uh, tip in little pieces of gold. Um, <laughs> oh, very very small pieces oh. of gold. Uh, that's that's wild. really that's really cool, brother. No, I'm I'm joking. But um, <laughs> oh, okay, I was like, I'm stealing that. One. I knew him well enough to know he was joking. You leave like you leave like a half gram bar, you know, like a little fingernail, dude. That'd be really cool. Just walk around with a cheese grater made of titanium and water. <laughs> okay, that's for you. Uh, no, but um, it's just like whenever you think. Like half the people would be delighted and half the people would be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not confident many people that even touch gold. So someone just be like, "What is what is this? It's like like some weird metally cheese." <laughs> Metal <-y> cheese. <laughs> no, but oh. entirely agree. And uh, oh yeah, have a bear in mind that uh, you can buy food with gold flake on it. So. Oh yeah. That's true. Um, they're they're using it on a lot of the cars and stuff in Dubai. Actually, a lot of them. They use real no, gold I, in the. Another uh, thing you can consider racks. is. Uh, what is it? Um, in the is this being recorded or? Yes, yes. Go testicles. It's being I, I recorded. Another thing you consider um, is basically um, free market principles applied to the inside of the U.S. and then um, whenever it comes to import-export tariffs. That way, the government is incentivized to um, basically have uh, large enough tariffs to where they're going to end up getting. Um, what is it? Uh, they're able to go ahead and bring in money, but if it ends up getting too large, of course, people will not want to bring items into the country, and if items are not going into the country, items cannot come out of the country. Because, of course, there's nobody that's willing to do a one-way trip uh, for a, like, um, what is it, uh, moving fruit back and forth. Uh, or you can even do um, a flat trip, and that just ends up incentivizing import-export. Um, of course, there would be problems like, uh, what is it, like coffee, for example, or chocolate or vanilla can't be grown in the U.S., so, you know, you have to go ahead and work with that. But um, in principle, I think it seems like a good idea. Uh, if any of you have uh, any opposition to it, you can tell me. I have a counterpoint to that, and it would basically be I don't have any interest in funding a federal government per se, so I, yep. I don't need them to get tariffs and the no what, what you're suggesting there it 
it raises the the thought in my mind that that is a fertile breeding ground for a uh, the gray and black market import and export business. So you're setting yourself up to be undercut from the beginning. I I don't know how you'd get around that. That's Can I just enough. ask a very important question here? Mm -hmm. Does the Constitution not state that taxation without representation is illegal? Who in the hell is, is the representation? So you got your representation. You were born at the social contract, so those people represent you. I've read that document, but I never signed it. Therefore, it's not a binding well, contract. Well, I, I will say there, there is a way to um, get out of being represented, and thus you can't be taxed, and that's commit a felony. Oh, wait, no, they're still taxing you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely in favor of uh, felons voting, for sure. You, uh, how could you possibly take away the right of political participation if, if you can criminalize something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's the thing. Um, what is it? Uh, there's, like, uh, was it peak, uh, peak crime ends up happening with um, people who are um, low IQ and then in fatherless households. Um or sorry, uh, I think it's uh, like 70 or was it between 70 and 80, I think. I can't remember the exact number, but basically if you end up um, was it, eliminating uh, that uh, group of the population um, from being in fatherless households, you will end up effectively limiting crime. So you end up, um, was it drugs, of course? Only damaged people use drugs. Go ahead and you know start rehabilitation programs. If you're still going to have a government, you know that makes sense. Go ahead and um, was it? Don't send those people to jail. Send the people to jail who are selling them. And then um, what is it? Remove uh, the welfare state, and people have to end up choosing, you know, basically good mates to have their uh, their kids with, or you know, basically a man's going to choose a good wife. And a, uh, what is it? Um, you know, I've met men. They usually choose the worst. Sorry, can you? <laughs> Say again? I said I've met a few men. Most of them choose the worst. Yeah, but you hope. <laughs> adults have the right to make consensual agreements with other adults. And that's unlimited. Yeah. If I have a big old pile of fucking heroin and you want to buy some of it, I don't expect a state thug to come to me because they don't agree with the substance that I'm purveying. That's exactly Nor what I was saying about... ...for your actions. If you shoot up and do some dumb shit, you are responsible, not me. The same thing as being on a racetrack with a bunch of people. You're all agreeing to take that risk together. You know what I mean? You're all agreeing yeah. to potentially kill well, each other and to kill yourself. Well, yeah. The problem I have is that whenever you have, um, whenever you have um, like a large amount of basically money coming back and forth, um, like that, and a lot of drugs that are coming back and forth, um, a few things happen. I will say, if you end up legalizing it, you will have um, this effect. I forget what the effect's called, but basically, uh, people keep on wanting to get the drugs smaller. 
and more concentrated, especially with the drugs that have to come over the border. That's why you don't get, uh, what is it, pot and tea, but you get heroin from your uh, drug dealer. And you get a very concentrated heroin, and occasionally you end up getting heroin that's, uh, once it comes over the border, it ends up being watered down with, you know, various different materials. Same thing happens with uh, cocaine. In fact, cocaine yeah. is actually a lavender color. <laughs> you get it from countries that are typically, uh, it's legal and it's grown. Um, it, it's called stepping on the product. You're boosting your profits. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you end up legalizing, you're going to have a less concentrated, you're going to have a uh, less addictive. And um, also, if you end up addressing, you know, things like the fatherless household problem and, you know, um, various different abused people, really what people are looking for whenever they end up taking these drugs is something they, you know, they're missing. It's it's they're self-medicating. I I completely respectfully disagree, and I, I swear to you, I'm not being a douchebag. <laughs> well, it sure but, seems like it, but I'll let you uh, voice your opinion. <laughs> when I look at marijuana, just for one, must example, have minimal douchebagginess to be allowed in this call. Huh? One must have a minimum douchebagginess to be allowed in this call. <laughs> when I started smoking pot, you couldn't, it, it wasn't even legal in California yet. You couldn't get high-grade medicinal pot. You just couldn't. Now, you know, nearly 20 years later, I can get pot that is laboratory tested and exponentially stronger for roughly the same price I used to get it for. The quality of the drug has increased, and the prices stayed the same. My, I would posit that the same thing would happen with other drugs. They would actually be stepped on less and diluted less, and thereby, you know, the end product would be better for the user or consumer than if the if the drug war policies were to continue. I'd say and, you're both and, right, and I think there would be more range of the drug. I think there would both be some that is more diluted and some that is less diluted, depending on your needs. Um, so I think you're both right on this. Fair. And not everybody that does drugs is doing it because they don't like their lives or because they're trying to escape something. Oh, tell that to um, my family. <laughs> you know, some people literally just feel... It, if I don't smoke pot, I'm a miserable fuck. And I could take Zoloft or Paxil or, you know, whatever socially acceptable method that, you know, society says that's how I have to deal with myself. Or I could do what I know works and what works for me, and it's not an escape. It may be a cope. I may be coping, it may be a crutch, but what is any medication but a crutch? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that, um, like, I, um, I'll, I'll be entirely honest, the whole, uh, what is it, a socially acceptable thing? A lot of people actually end up seeing, um, medication still that's socially acceptable for, you know, depression or for whatever, anxiety or this, that, or the other. People see those as um, was um, that's not socially acceptable. I actually ended up having um, 
was a particular issue where I had to basically stop coming to a church because I kept telling people, you know, hey, I'm having this problem. Would you guys mind praying for me? And instead of saying basically, um, really, they 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 said, yeah, sure, we'll pray for you. And up going through the whole thing, you know, hey, God, please, pray, you know, save him, accept whatever he's going through. They went through that. I was having the issue for about three more weeks. Ended up going to the hospital, and um, ended up going through a ton of medications. I was diagnosed with bipolar, and um, they were treating it as if it was uh, basically like schizophrenia almost, oh. uh, because yeah. bipolar and schizophrenia are very closely linked. It turns out I was uh, manic depressant, so I would end up getting frustrated. I would end up getting um, upset with my depression, and uh, probably had some anxiety issues as well. And uh, did not know how to grasp that, ended up lashing out the world for that. So very similar to bipolar and symptoms, it's just a different thing. I ended up getting medicated for depression properly, ended up going back to my church and said, I figured out what it was. They said I was bipolar. Turns out I just have some depression issues, and that's a good way to cope with it. I really appreciate you guys praying for me because I don't know what I would have done. Next week I go into church and they end up saying, hey, um, you know, we're going to worry about you. And one guy says, you know, I, I understand. I, I had some problems with depression. And I was smoking weed. And it's like, what are you talking? I take 37.5 milligrams of a medication here. You know, it's, uh, what is it, uh, Effexor or Vendalaxine. I'm fine. It fixes my anxiety issues. I hope to get off of it at some point because I realize it does have some uh, memory issues uh, that I'd like to. Welcome to the club. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> But, um, no, it's like, and, and they're treating me like I'm this, you know, you know, like, oh, you know, I figured out uh, black tar heroin really treats my uh, drug addiction or, or really treats my uh, mental health. It's just, it's absurd. Yeah. You know, when, when I was a kid, I was diagnosed with bipolar and ADHD. And what that meant in short was that they put me on lithium and Ritalin. So basically, they were giving me... Those two don't they, mix, do they? Well, no. I mean, it's basically like, here, kid, have a tranquilizer and do a quick key bump of methamphetamine and have a good day at school, sweetheart. How is... Just because it, that was socially acceptable, why weren't they feeding me CBD? You know, I'm not saying get your fucking kid high. But what I am saying is Ritalin is, oh, a real close kissing cousin to methamphetamine. Oh, am I familiar with that? I just went through withdrawal from it a few days ago because of, uh, because it was because of damage to my medication. And it was, uh, I, I was a mess and I was struggling to say even conscious. So, yeah. Yeah, man, I spent the time from until I was eight years old until I was damn near 20 doing uh, the socially acceptable thing, feeding myself psych drugs and about rolling. five and to 23. It turns out that pot actually fixes the problem far better, and it's more natural, and uh, it's socially unacceptable, and it makes me a fucking criminal. Conversation. Bring her on. Bring her on in experience she's adhd what do you think she does to medicate and it works it does yeah, uh, i will say i think also that uh, 
Was it the whole? Um, what was that? Was that yeah. was that lady? Uh, was that lady Amazon laughing? Yeah, here in the background. That was awesome. <laughs> no, but um, I will say the whole like it's natural thing. I, I don't know. I'll I stop calling her Lady Amazon if she doesn't like it. But, but. <laughs> I, I see what you mean. <laughs> it's definitely oh. better than the alternative of um, you know, basically them giving you a sedative and then you know waking you up. That's All I'm ridiculous. saying is, you know what works better for you than the person you're telling. Like, oh yeah, this kind of works, maybe we should adjust this. Like, you know in your head better than the person you're trying to explain it to, how well something works. And when that doctor has a very limited set of tools to apply to the problem, I mean, what if, what if smoking DMT fucking straightens your head out in a way that you don't need drugs? But that's illegal. That's verboten. We yeah. can't do that because the government said so. Like, One I, thing I will say... I'm on so many anti-anxiety meds, but the amount just going for a, you know, 14 to 20 mile run or going for a night skate at stupid high speeds down hilly roads and shit... Uh, not being able to see very far in front of me, that adrenaline and stuff, or wearing myself out like you wouldn't believe to the point where I'm about to pass out from overexhaustion, that does way more for my anxiety than any medication will, ever. Adrenaline's great. Yeah. Mushrooms and acid are transcendental. They've taught me more about myself than years of therapy. I, I, I won't dull my senses. I, I, I won't even take I, I won't even take like mild painkillers uh, because I don't like to dull my senses unless it's literally forced down my throat. I won't even take something for a headache uh, because I feel like it's my body telling me something for a reason. So I, I, I'm on all the drugs I'll ever be on. I'm on enough stuff that fucks with my head. But, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I'm just on so much, I'm kind of just... I don't want to add anything to the list. <laughs> I'm just on the team of you're a grown-ass man. You know what you're putting in your body, and it's yeah. your right to consume whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Regardless of what anybody else thinks. You know how many times I've been pulled over for rollerblading on the road at speeds that are faster than the actual cars on the road? Well, you know, you're keeping up with traffic. That's good. So, like, if I'm going oh, fucking uh, 40 miles an hour on my rollerblades and traffic's only going 35, don't fucking pull me over. Well, if there's no victim, there's no crime. This is simple. Oh, that's not... It, 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 there is a potential for a crime. You could say that about a drunk driving. Well, if there's no victim, there's no crime. No, you are acting in danger. I don't think that's what you meant, obviously, but, you know, there are, you know, I had someone try to tell me with, uh... Well, with I don't, I wouldn't say it's a crime, but I also wouldn't let somebody come back on my road again, but roads should be privatized, so that's a moot point, because they aren't. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, say that again? Roads should be privatized, and... You know, if you were driving on my road drunk, I wouldn't let you back on my road ever again. So there's that. So it shouldn't be a crime. It just, the roads shouldn't be public. Um, 
Sorry, See, that's, that's uh, the difference. If we're operating on that premise, <laughs> assuming that somebody is drunk and they're going to fuck up, it, it that would be the point where you would test their blood alcohol or whatever. If somebody is driving completely blasted-ass drunk and arrives home and causes zero damage, there was no crime. Unsafe shit happened. You probably should not take those chances, but it doesn't yeah. change the fact that no crime occurred. Nobody was so, hurt, and there is no victim. Yeah. No, the, now, this is okay, like, uh, your property. Test them. Oh, you're drunk, motherfucker. You're dead wrong. Well, you're drunk and you're dead wrong, but if you didn't fuck up, there's no crime, and you don't get to fucking stop me and ask me what I was doing because you think maybe, just based on the way I look, I might have been doing something that you don't approve of. That's Speaking of drunk people... See, I've got a good story here that uh, kind of relates. Back when I was in the Marine Corps, I came home late on a Sunday night after being at a NASCAR race all day. <laughs> Automatic assumption is you were at a NASCAR race, you were drinking. No, it's 2.30 in the morning, I'm tired. So the MP has me pull up, get out of the car, do a field sobriety test, which I failed because I couldn't stand on my feet because I was that tired. And I'm demanding a breathalyzer. He's like, fine, I'll get it because it's just going to put you dead to rights. Staff sergeant, or no, yeah, staff sergeant comes in looks at me, looks at the shirt I'm wearing that's clearly from the racetrack, looks at the guy that just put me through hell, looks back at me and goes, who won the race? I can't remember today who won it, but I told him the top five right off the top of my head. Starts shaking his head. He's like, you ain't even close to drunk here. Just blow in it. Blue trip zeros. He's like, get to the barracks and go to bed. I need to have a talk with my corporal. Damn. Yeah. No, I mean, there you go. If there is no victim, I've actually no got crime. a DUI for no fucking reason. Well, not no fucking reason I was drunk, but I driving tired is way worse than driving drunk anyway. I mean, I, I mean. No, the the yeah. the thing I was yeah. the point I was going to try to make was that um, the rate of people um, reoccurring on drunk driving is enough to where you know, at least in my opinion, if you have a different opinion, I'm not going to try to change your mind because I don't really think it's necessarily. I'm becoming becoming of the opinion that unless, you know, it's basically your mother or, you know, your wife, there's no way I'm changing your mind. But, um, what is it? The rate of which uh, drunk drivers reoccur, if somebody is convicted with a DUI, there's a 40% chance that they're going to end up reoccurring. So I think it is fair enough to go ahead and, you know, say, well, it's not a victimless crime, but you're definitely going to do it again. Well, or it could be cops are lazy and they know who's been busted before and it's easy enough to catch that same car. Um, oh, trust me, they're looking for same car and your record's flagged. If they run a tag as you're in a different car and your name pops up with the red flag next to it, you're probably getting stopped. And yeah. I'm, not saying, I'm not saying you're wrong, Snorted Frog. I'm just, like, throwing another... <laughs> You know, let's look at who's doing the capturing and piracy here before we assume that the drivers are wrong. Um, I mean, I, I think it's, if you're going to exist in this system, you have to accept that you can drink and, dry, uh, drink and drive. You know, at least not to the point of being drunk or 
past the, you know, the, the limit, I mean. I mean, I could be over .07 and shoot better at 10 yards than the cop that pulled me over. Does that mean that I'm more qualified for his job? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's not just shooting, but you know, I see what you mean. Right. Oh, my God. Like, I, once again, I just sounded like a douchebag, and I didn't mean to, but there's levels to this shit, man, yeah. and I don't—I didn't sign anything to agree to any of it. Okay. The first uh, time I heard somebody the funniest thing I ever heard all day that made sense. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. Oh God, I gotta write God. that one down. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we've had a few of those. Uh, Ziggy said a good one. He said something like, uh, we're all on house arrest, and we don't even own the house. <laughs> I mean, that's how I felt during quarantine, because I rent. That, that's exactly what the topic was, house arrest during quarantine. Okay, so uh, spe speaking of something completely unrelated, since we're in the bar, what's everyone drinking? I'm drinking uh, green tea machado latte. I'm drinking uh, a yingling bar. Or Orange pineapple soda because I got to work tomorrow. All right. Water because cannabis is legal in Illinois. Hell <laughs> yeah. Bart, are you drinking anything? Oh, me? No. Oh, you said fart, my bad. Fart. Oh, yeah, fart. <laughs> yeah, However, I'm, drinking, I am uh, I'm drinking Four Roses Neat. Right. Uh, did you quit cutting it with communist tears? Oh my god. <laughs> Gonzo, what you drinking? I'm drinking Yangling, bud. Alright. Beer tonight. That is communist tears. Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> In Mother Russia, beer drink you. Yeah. I have a, walk around and find out. I have a cool announcement if you guys would like to hear it. I need a few seconds to dig up data. All right. Let's hear it. Shoot for it, brother. Over the past 48 hours, I've recorded nine podcasts. Wow. I saw you drop on Twitter that you were going to be a very busy individual. What is this new direction that you found? Is, is that, am I remembering the tweet correctly? Yeah, and don't worry, I, I won't hijack for politics too much, but I figure with this many people, I'd go, go, go ahead, Go ahead um, and repeat your stuff, because there, there's some people that I, in here that probably won't listen to our episode, and some people in here that won't be probably catching any of your other stuff. Uh, so go ahead and just repeat what we were talking about earlier. It's, it's not well, you guys fun. already heard the elevator pitch. So the new direction that I'm thinking about is that third-party politics are an absolute joke, and they're a waste of everybody's time and money. We need to infiltrate the red and blues, put on a good act, and get on the debate stage, make a difference, and win political office locally. And in 10 years, let's go for the state. 10 years after that, let's go federally. That's interesting. My and one I'm, question I, I, would be, what do you do with people like me who think that voting is a violation of the non-aggression principle? I, I 
with many things that I talk about, the first presumption is that everybody's on board with the current system because if you're collapsitarian or just like real anarchist or you're really deep into agorism, you're not going to dig it. Fair enough, man. At least that's an honest fucking answer. Yeah, I definitely don't have the answers for everybody either because I'm really challenged sometimes. Like, I, I used to be a pretty big nihilist, and uh, I definitely am, like, really, really down, especially this year. I was a nihilist until I had kids, and that turned me from a collapsitarian into an anarchist, oddly enough. Yeah, I, have, I don't have kids, but uh, younger cousins is exactly what I think about, dude. I'm like, we have got to fix this before they're adults. Like, this is ridiculous what we're about to hand them. No, I, I like your ideas better than the majority of the ideas that I hear. I'm not saying I wouldn't get behind a crowd-funded system, but when you look at half the population that doesn't vote, a lot of people like to put that off to, oh, they're lazy, they're stupid, they just don't care. And for a percentage, I'm sure that's true. But then there's people like me who refuse to choose a master. I've never, I've never voted. Voting indicates that you agree that there even should be a vote. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm telling you guys, I'm off the deep end whenever I'm not the in on, you know, trying to pump crowdfunding government. Like, dude, I don't vote. Your, your concept is solid, though, even to somebody like me. Well, I, I just tried, I want to, I think the simulation might be designed for me to save it, and I thought of this idea, and I'm like, well, the craziest thing that would happen is I, I fucking fix it. Would that be weird? Yeah, I was like, dude, but that isn't that, wouldn't that be the point? It's like, we're, we're all here for something big, right? It's like, we're, we're not all just here to die and go to ashes. Like, we're being presented with problems that people before us couldn't fix. We got technology and we got brains and let's do this thing, man. Let's, let's get the world, like, for my cousin's kids. Dude, let's make this a really cool life for them. Well, Dad's here to just be an awesome family man, become the best light metal driver the world has ever seen, but he kind of refuses and he's just satisfied with the street stock. A little while ago, he was satisfied with sim racing. Let's see if we can get him to move up a little bit here, but... I'm convinced that has some fucking whack-ass skill behind him. And he's intelligent when he drives, too. And I'm fucking pushing him as hard as I fucking can. If you can make it happen, I'll do it. But I'm very, very content with my current professional wrestling career. Am I currently going anywhere with it? No. Could I potentially go further sitting behind the wheel of a race car, driving my heart out, and just living on edge? Dude. What, two, three days a week, sometimes an entire week straight, depending what's going on? Hey, I'll go where the money's at. Did you say you're a professional wrestler by trade? It's not my primary uh, not source of income, but it is something I do. Oh, that's awesome, Fuck. dude. Yes. And and his wife's a ref and uh, beats the crap out of him. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> that's why I called his wife Amazon Woman. <laughs> I mean, I'll put it to you plain and simple. And I'll put it to you both ways. I'm billed at six foot tall, 240 pounds. Realistically, I'm five foot 11, between 235 and 245, so the weight's not too far off. 
That's still a tank, though. My wife, on the other hand, is six foot one, two hundred fifteen pounds. Damn. That is an Amazon woman. <laughs> uh, I was under the assumption she was being called Amazon woman because she could be uh, delivered to someone's house in two days or less. <laughs> no. no, I mean, you piss her off, she could probably be there in two days or less. But... <laughs> I'm sorry, Amazon woman. Don't hurt me. <laughs> Your wife probably hates me. <laughs> what do you guys think of the uh, the polyamory bullshit that's been occurring on the Twitters? Uh, have you seen this? Um, I have not, but I... I scroll straight it, uh, past it as soon as I see what it is. Well, there's a bunch of hobbyans that have decided that it is immoral and degenerate for somebody to be in a polyamorous relationship, which is basically for uh, ethical non-monogamy. Everybody knows that everybody's fucking, everybody consents to fucking, and this is somehow a problem because incels might not get pussy is what I took it's away from the whole argument. I'm just like, not interested in that kind of lifestyle, but I mean, or I, whatever. Uh, okay, look, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and lay some information out here and give you my take on this. And yes, my marriage is partially open. Now let me explain what I mean by partially open. I have the ability to talk to women in whatever manner they want to talk to me in, as long as we are not making physical contact, and if we're sharing pictures, it's only to a certain degree. Wife has the same ability. She can talk to any guy or girl that she wants because she's full-blown queer. You know, I have no issues there. Every girl I've ever been in a relationship with the same. Every now and then is fine. I understand every now and then a guy or a girl needs a set of boobs. And, you know, hey, days made better. I get that. You know, and then she'll have her really, really emotional days. And they just sort of happen to fall in line with days that I've just been really stressed out. Well, I can't fully comfort her emotionally. Like I can give her some things, but I can't give her everything. But she can turn to a friend and get the rest of the comfort that I can't provide. Same with me. I'll have a really emotional day. She's stressed out because the kids work, whatever. I turn to one of my friends. As you do. Thus, partially open because we talk about it. Fair enough. Ethical non-monogamy. Now, no. On the flip side of that, the people that are making a big deal out of people doing even just the simple shit like we're doing because we're not sharing a sex life with anybody else. It's just us. They're just jealous that they can't get what we have because of whatever reason, be it how they were raised, their significant other would either quote unquote beat the snot out of them, beat the tar out of them, kill them, whatever. And that's kind of giving them the fuel to add more, more fuel to a fire that doesn't need to exist. See, I my, my, I, I, was, I come from like a religious background of uh, complete unity between two people. 
uh, like that's where the the life and the Holy Spirit comes from, right? Is complete unity between two entities, and that means the decisions you're making and the love that you have is complete between the two of you. There is no other factor in there, uh, and that's you know just like when a man and a woman have complete unity between each other, life comes out, right? So as I see it, uh, your love life, whether sexual or not, is only between two people, period. Uh, that's coming from a religious background. I mean, obviously, I'm a dude. I'd like as many chicks as I could have, you know? But in a realistic background, that's not really what I want. I want complete unity with someone. Does that make sense? So it doesn't come from a fact of jealousy. It comes from, I want to be one unit. Um, because that's what I believe completely love I have to pose a question without tr trying to turn this completely into a religious discussion. Well, Pretty please. common amongst all religions, is it not stated that we are supposed to love one another regardless? Yes. So if love is what ties uh, everybody together... There yes, are, the love between me and my wife is not the same as that, you know, yeah. the love and respect between like me and Ziggy. Yeah. Uh, yes, we're friends. Enough, but we're well, like, I, like I call you a brother. I think that's like I, I call you brother all the time, Dad. Right? Exactly. That, that's yeah. And to be fair, you also don't get anal from your wife, so Ziggy's here. Uh, uh, we're not gonna discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. He didn't tell you about his wife's strap-on. I'm know, sorry. I should have warned you. Societal norm and religious teaching teaches us to love one another. It doesn't matter what the religion is. Well, religion also teaches, at least in the Christian, Muslim, and Jewish persuasions, that polygamy is tolerated by their God. Yeah. So the religion. I mean, well, that's because Muhammad was a Chad. That that's all. Muhammad was Chad, and kind of a bit Kyle too, mixed in there. So I mean. Muhammad is like Chad and Kyle mixed together. So you know. From a libertarian bent, my dick is my private property. And unless you're involved with what I'm doing with my dick, it's none of your business. Just to put a pure libertarian spin on it. Yeah. If I but have like, two women in my bed and that, that somehow deprives a beta cuck, that's, that's not my problem. Don't be a beta cuck. That's where like I see with the monogamy thing like is if we're one unit and you're fucking another dude, if we're one unit, that means I'm fucking another dude. Don't, you, you don't that, that's how I see that. You, if I may speak for just a second here, like a lot of this, you can't discount a lot of this, um, you know, religious stuff. And I, I did that for a long time. Just a lot of this is about being philosophy. A lot of it ends up being, you know, very heavily thought out. So, um, you know, the, um, the Bible, it says that basically um, the two shall become one. Yeah. And that's, you know, physically you are, uh, you, you, or, um, sorry, you should have the same goals, you, um, 
you should end up having or at least similar goals and be on the same page there. Um, you should go ahead and be able to emotionally share anything with each other, and you've made a commitment to not leave each other. Because God knows if you ended up telling your uh, girlfriend half the things you could end up telling your wife, you wouldn't have a girlfriend. Um, you know, so it's like that, there's that kind of thing. I, I think if you are um, emotionally sharing that with people on the outside, you, um, you're not going to particularly pair bond the same way. It's just not, it's not the same and you, it's not a complete marriage. Yeah. You know, I've known my wife since we were 12 years old. I'm 34. We fucked a lot of different people. You know what I mean? Like, we, we have that bond regardless of what we do with our bodies. I would like to think that your spiritual bond is stronger than what you do with your genitals. No, yeah. I think they're directly connected. Interesting. Tell me more. Um, I, I just, I, they're directly connected. You end up, um, what is it? Um, I, I... I only have a uh, hold one second. It seems like you're digging real deep into your head at the moment. Hey everybody, Cotton here from Dissecting Liberty. I have just started a new project called the Cotton Report. It's a news website and publication. We publish, uh, we republish articles from varying sources. I think we have about 33 right now. And it's just an amalgamation of the headlines that you may not see if you go to foxnews.com or anything dumb like that. Um, and also we have original articles written by, right now we have eight writers that write regularly, including me. Um, and yeah, a lot of good information on there, really good place to keep up with the news, separating the wheat from the chaff. And also a awesome place to learn more about libertarian theory and its applications in the real world. Was it, was, was he a uh, uh, was he a radical Buddhist at this time? Uh, this was after. <laughs> oh, this is after he converted to uh, radical Hinduism. Yeah. Alpha cock, right. beta cock. I'll use your guys' terminology here. That was bad. And when you break down that those two sayings, we're human. Humans are technically part of the animal kingdom. How does the animal kingdom function? There's alphas, there's betas, and then there's the stragglers and the nobodies. And then there's the other guys who say, fuck these hoes, I'm going to go fuck the hoes over there down the street. Alphas are the ones attracting, (laughs) as we've put it, all the pussy. Or, be it all the cock, because there are female alphas. I know for a fact there are. True that. And, you know, it, it was well said. The betas are getting jealous of the alphas because they don't understand how to be alphas. And it goes back to adding fuel to the fire. I'm not saying be comfortable with where you're at, but if you're jealous of an alpha, what are they doing that you're not? Learn from it and become an alpha. I think it also depends on your culture, because, like, whenever I see someone who would be considered um, uh, an authority, or I see someone who is an alpha, and, like, in the, or um, an elder is another one. Yes. I, I wish to go ahead and become. Uh, 
more like that person I wish to go ahead and basically, um, if there is wisdom I can seek, I wish to do so. And um, if there is a, uh, a work ethic I can gain, I wish to seek that. I wish to go ahead and um, try to become more like them versus the people who um, they think they're entitled to. And there's a huge entitlement culture. Um, I mean, this is a could be perceived a little bit racist, but especially in the uh, black community, because you end up having a large amount of people that are born on uh, welfare, and their parents were on welfare, and the parents before them were on welfare. Uh, and if you, you for example, you want to go to college, and if you are, um, what is it, uh, if you are smart, but you're born in the wrong situation, you can go ahead and basically get that. Even if you're not smart and you're born in the wrong situation, you can go ahead and get it. You just might not end up uh, accomplishing that goal. And it's just like people are just so uh, entitled. You know, it, it's they don't, they don't see that they can get to that point. They're told you can do anything you want to do, but they're Trust not. Trust me, I have seen the absolute ugly side of entitlement. My day job, my true trade, is a mechanic. And I spent two years being the lead mechanic at a shop near where I live. And the amount of people that come in there and are like, no, I told you to do this. This is what you're going to do because I'm telling you to do it. And I have to look at them and go, no, by protocol, I have to do this first before I can even consider doing what you want done. Yeah. No, I mean um... – what is it? There's always going to be a policy. There's always going to be a, you know, depending on what job you're in, a code, whether it's a code of ethics or, you know, anything like that. And especially like, um, you know, if you're keeping up with uh, cars, I'm sure there's all kinds of different laws. Oh, um, one second. Uh, people have been complaining about uh, my show. People don't know what voice is attributed to what person so can you guys just each say your name before we continue the uh conversation any farther uh okay we can all do it at the same time three <laughs> two no um <laughs> so, uh, i'll start off i am the local degenerate i am gonzo <laughs> i'm doselia the dose On here, I'm I'm Dead Carney. Out in the real world, I'm pretty much Bo. Theodore, Executive Director, CrowdfundedGovernment.com. All right, thanks, guys. I just remembered people have been complaining about that, so. Station identification, it's important. Yeah. Uh, sorry for interrupting the flow, but that's part of that's part of the brand. <laughs> this, this is a, I can't wait to get back in the rain August eighth. So this is an awesome conversation. If anybody wants to do it for a few more minutes, I have no opinion, but I'm I'm just loving because it's something I never think about, you know. And I'm really just like tossing all the ideas right now. Yeah. Well, I've never been cool enough to do that before, so. <laughs> I maintain that. To eat, everybody has the right to get what they can get. If you can have, you know, a wife, a girlfriend, and a I'm just interested that you started that phrase by to eat. <laughs> to eat pussy, to eat, like, what, what are you looking for to eat, to start that? You know, 
You rephrased it, but I'm just stuck on the to eat. <laughs> Sorry. Alright, keep going. <laughs> oh, that's just, that's my whole argument, is I don't give a shit if, if betas can't get laid, that's not my problem. Yeah. I don't yeah, feel bad for you. Yeah, I'm not going to make you a pussy welfare program because you're a soy boy. Man the fuck up, and you will attract women. What is it, um... I don't know well, unless you're under house arrest. In a house that you don't own. Well, I think there's, um... There's, uh, three points that are going to make you successful. Is that, um... Are you... Basically wise? Do you have a work ethic? Or are you high IQ? Because if you are... High IQ and you have a work ethic... And then you um, at all seek wisdom, you will very quickly be able to accumulate it. If you have a work ethic and you are um, trying to basically become wise, um, and you're nittling IQ, as long as you're not like 70 IQ, you'll be fine. You know, you'll be able to, you won't be able to do whatever you want to do, but you will be proficient in um, most fields basically you're able to get into. And, um, was I, I think for mo like, and for the vast majority of history, um, basically there were some men that just could not end up having children, and that that's something where uh, if you accept that, I mean, so be it. It just is what it is. Well, I raise chickens, and one of my favorite chickens is low in the pecking order. I'm not going to make sure that that chicken gets special treatment because I feel bad. I want the best flock of chickens I can have. I don't want equity, or I don't want equality. I um, want the best chickens I can have. If the best humans aren't getting mates, be a better human. Yeah, personal no. responsibility. And the thing is, is that, um, what is it, like, I, I've ended up dating very little. Uh, that is a weird end of a statement, or did you just audio cut out, maybe? We don't hear you, Snorkfrog. Hello. Maybe it's me. Fuck. Jeez. Uh, my computer just froze. Let's try turning off my computer and turning it back on. Hmm, my computer is turning back on.
computer froze. One second. Uh, this is interesting. It's loading, it's up, it's opening. Discord is opening. Testing. 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 Yeah, 
something. Now, before you leave, in 10 seconds, tell me the best thing that's happening over the last 48 hours. Oh, easy. Wait, can I answer that? Yeah. We had dinner with Lou Rockwell. Hell yeah. Nice. Look at that big dick energy. Oh, well, I 
Besides Crack the Vegetable, I mean. sale essentially and they weren't able to make any money they had to close their position so the stock rocketed from a thousand up to like 1700 well there you go no but um, like just imagine like right there uh like with the tesla stock everyone's investing it because it, it doesn't really um they basically know they're going to do something good with it not because they know exactly the path and all that and that, that's what it comes down to um, like, it, it's it's more or less a, a bubble in my opinion. But like, you can get great uh, great profits like that if you just buy whenever it's uh, low. The greatest profits are made in bubbles and crashes. Yep. 
See, I'm Jesus a fan Christ, of a my phone just scared the shit out of me. Uh-huh. Did you see a pony scare the crap out of you? My phone. I, I was sitting oh. here holding and listening, and all of a sudden it vibrated. I'm like, ah! So you know I, what, saw, I saw a bunch of pony in my head from the store. You know what actually legitimately scares me about my cell phone is whenever uh, an Amber Alert goes off, because uh, I'm like worried that it's like the worst fucking news. Like... I remember when I got an alert, they're like, dude, Chicago is shut down. And then there was all this glass being broken outside. I was like, fuck, what? Whoa. What if that's why Roman Supreme has the beard he has? It's actually King Kong's pubic hair because he's secretly, uh, like, King Kong... I, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm going up that. I I I turn I made the story take a lot of turn and I don't know where to go from there. So anyway, right there I was balls deep in a camel's ass. <laughs> but see what had happened was <laughs> King Kong's pubic hair kept me somehow buried in the camel's ass. <laughs> see the other problem was there was also little men armed with pitchforks and by little I mean they were like three foot nothing <laughs> and they kept poking at me it was weird man I well they were poking me the the so I have to but... <laughs> 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 oh fuck yes I just think that's a hell of a drug why did you touch my Your rating is just a thumb. An imposter is a person, it's just a thumb. Oh. Well, there went my whole line about looking like a monkey fucking a football, but okay. <laughs> Dose, you need to go watch the two YouTube videos I sent to you, by the way. Oh, yeah, I, I saw you sent them to me. I saw you tried them. I, I haven't watched them yet, but I, I will be pulling that to you know, I, I'll play them right now on the show. Uh, one of them has a song in the background of it. <laughs> oh, damn it. Well, it doesn't really matter. I played music in the background of the show. Well, I mean, uh, I if, if, if anybody else too. here hasn't seen uh, Days of Thunder yet, you're in for a crash course. <laughs> uh, can I play it through? Damn it, it would take the third device. They won't be able to hear it. If I make it. Record on the audio. Can you play it on a second device, Dad? My computer shut off. Damn it. Oh well. We can't do it on this episode. Or else it'll just be silence. Or you guys will just be silence. Um, shit. Uh, whatever. Needless to say, the first scene is... Hold on, let me open Discord so I can actually see the titles. The first video is Days of Thunder, Cold Trickle's Give Me Some Love and Music video where he's learning the ropes the hard way as a rookie in NASCAR. And then I had to roll right over into the monkey fucking a football scene because that's how it went in the movie. Days of Thunder 
I'm not into Thunderbird. is at least funny because they took themselves seriously when they made the movie, which is absolutely hilarious, but it is the worst racing movie in fucking history. And they took themselves so seriously, <laughs> acting like it was such a great movie. And that is what makes it such a great movie, that it is so bad. It is great. Yeah, I never said that the movie was good. Yeah, but I'm saying driven. I've never watched Days of Thunder, as you know. Well, I own it, so I guess I'm being... Hold on, I got YouTube loading. This stuff should be in my history. Oh, excuse me. That boy. I still haven't watched Ford vs. Ferrari yet, but I know so that like I'm not sure that like, I'll get anything from it, but I always thought that I will, so. Ah, here we go. Okay. Now I can adjust the volume of that. I don't have it too loud. Can you guys hear it? Yeah. Turn it up a little. I can't turn it up too loud. This shit. We start quoting it, dude. It's hard to hear. You just quote it as it's going. I gotta figure out where they're at. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, net off. It's nice talking to you guys. Yeah, it's like we don't have to fix. Oh, and uh, stop being a generous. Don't, don't emotionally share your wife. Yep. Enjoy. Have a good night. Peace out, man. Oh, God, this is the part that has to be seen. <laughs> Ice cream. Ice cream. 
welcome to come on in, but uh, I can't do it. Keep a straight face. <laughs> I can't do that last part. Keep a straight face. The pit crew was eating ice cream. He requested to come into the pits. He's like, you're welcome to come in and get one, but I don't think NASCAR would take too kindly to you out there eating an ice cream cone. You have enough trouble staying on the track as it is. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm hoping the part about, all right, while we're still under caution, I want you to go back out there and hit the pace car. Hit the pace car. Hit the pace car. What for? Well, you hit every other goddamn thing out there. I wanted you to be perfect. Uh, and then it rolls into the greatest scene ever. Oh, that's what Sammy said. Nobody's heading back. I'm not sure if he's in the pace car yet. He's out. He's in everyone else in the country. I will turn this up a little bit. Sponsors in the stands, hugging and holding hands, kissing them in the ear, praying for a good shot. What do we do? We end up looking like a monkey fucking a football out there. (laughs) Greatest line in the whole movie. The rest of the movie doesn't matter after that line. (laughs) That's it. That's, That's the money shot right there. Between that and if you two want to turn each other into a grease spot on some country back road, you do it on your own time, not on my track. Fair enough. I can think of a few locals who are like that. (laughs) (laughs) And then it leads into them racing rented Luminas on a beach in Daytona, and you're just like, where the fuck are the cops? And so any of those 42 star guys allowed to race at Attica again? I'm so pissed at him from like 2015 because the wor- it is the worst thing I've ever seen on a racetrack. Uh, Rusty Schlegg did nothing to cause that accident, but somebody accidentally spun out this 42 star guy. I don't know the guy's name. I don't care to know the guy's name because he's a dick. And he literally drove across the infield at full speed to T-bone Rusty, Sch- Rusty Schlegg and total both cars. So he literally spat across the infield at full speed from the back stretch to the front stretch to Timo Rusty Schleich as payback for something Rusty Schleich didn't do. Oh God, that's R- like what Rusty Schleich to Russ Wheeler in that movie. After this, after and the guys back in the uh, pits, Rusty Schleich gets out of his car and sprints faster than. Now I got this. I'm familiar with college track. I've been at a lot of college track meets. Rusty Schleich. Big guy, I swear, ran faster than any track guy I've ever seen, even in a 60 meter dash. And he knocks the guy out. He pummeled the guy. That wasn't a lot back for, I think he was suspended from track for like eight months or something stupid, but it should have been forever. And the guy's back there, and I'm like, I know he's probably been back for a while, but I'm just, I'm so pissed that he's, every time I see him at Attica. This 42 star guy because he has no business being in a fucking race car if you act like that. I'm just set up a uh, fucking MMA cage in the paddock. You know, let him fucking have at it. Oh yeah, I wholeheartedly, but you don't do it with your fucking car. I mean, they've joked at Bristol about installing a boxing ring in the infield, so. 
Yeah, it qualifies me as a badass, but I am not the baddest badass out there. Oh, there are there are always bigger badasses. Yeah. It's just they're not typically all the same. Right, there in turn lies the problem. You know, now I'm civilianized. I'm supposed to answer. I don't the want the biggest badass to be out of place for us because the government's full of shit and the uh, you know the the the, the police are the military against against the government citizens. The, the police are at war with the people they claim to protect. So I don't want them to be a bigger badass than me because they're at war with me. Well, that just gives you the motivation to improve yourself. Just because fuck, because I can't get them to zero. That's better than being so fucking strong as fucking can and taking the tank down to my house and bulldozing my fucking house to the tank. Oh no, that's uh, that's absolute bullshit, and those tactics are acceptable. When I, I remember, I, and I'm probably older than everybody in the chat because I'm old. Uh, well, I mean, look at when I was a kid, in what 
you know, equal and fair treatment for everybody, whether you were a combatant or not. And there was an escalation of force that I had to go through with certain situations. It's one thing if they say, hey, guns free, we know exactly where the enemy's at. But if I'm just out and about and somebody approaches me, what am I supposed to do? It's the exact same thing that, as far as I know, the police are told they're supposed to do, but they don't do it. Yeah, if both Why? people are going through a process of escalation of force, neither person is going to de-escalate, and it will continue to escalate until somebody is dead. And why has it come to that with the police force? Because they are taught escalation of force. Um, are you familiar with... Um, What's the guy's name? Um, uh, uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. I know. Uh, uh, uh. They call me Ziggy. Straight out of the city. <laughs> no, um. I thought we were fixing a wrap there for a second. I was getting ready. Don't mess with me or I'm going to call 50. <laughs> I can't rap for shit. Just for I love rapping. Uh, ecology. Uh, who's the guy who, wrote, who teaches ecology?
there there's a lot of facets to this and you know it, it it comes down to this is where the line between morality and practicality kind of blurs right because right. what were you doing there you know, what, what, what did that truck of explosives really have to do with you and your mission of protecting and upholding the Constitution? Was it in Arizona? I feel like it might have been in a different desert. You know what I mean? Right. So, were you right in being there? Maybe not. You, you, were, you were a subject of forces beyond your control that put you there. And... You know, I, I understand that. The difference here is that these cops have chosen to go into these communities and do these things of their own accord. Nobody told them to. They volunteered to. And these aren't, you know, some random goat-fucking alleged terrorists. These are their countrymen. But... A lot of people aren't willing to look at it like that. And I mean, zero disrespect to you, Dan Carney. I'm taken. Like, and, and there is a little bit of misconception about how military functions. Are there people that get forced into military service? Yes, there are. But predominantly, 90% of that military force is all volunteer. Now, once we're in, are we always aware of Hey, I'm very well aware that there's a war. I'm going to have to deploy. Yeah, there's moments when I went in, I knew I was eventually going to have to deploy, and lo and behold, it came around. But then there's people going in when there's nothing going on. It's like, okay, there's nothing going on. I shouldn't have to worry too much about a deployment, and all of a sudden, boom, something comes up. Well, now it's out of your control. You have to deploy. However, at least force knows I've got this area that's expecting me to protect them, but I've had a bad day and now I've got a domestic call. I'm going to take it out on this sorry asshole. Why? Because they can. Exactly. I'm told for months on end before my deployment, these are your rules of engagement. This is your escalation of force. If you are caught not doing this, this is what's going to happen. There's no if, it's when. And it's just like, oh my God. Like, I, I know this. You've been teaching this to us since like week three of basic training. I feel like if the cops had something closer to military justice to face, their actions may be more constrained. But You're not with, wrong. Their, with their thin blue line and their blue wall of silence, they have set themselves up to be tyrants worthy of only being overthrown and ignored. They have the ability to manipulate the system that they're supposed to uphold into their favor, whereas I would sit in a position where I have no ability to manipulate anything because the very people that are punishing me are the very people that just sat beside me in the trench. There seems to be a lot of broken mechanisms here. Yeah. Yeah, 
because it's not hard for, okay, well, cop A was the only one on camera. B and C were only witnesses, but weren't caught on camera. So all they got to do is say, hey, you know, whatever, whatever, that video isn't from the same incident or you know, whatever it is they got to say. Now, all of a sudden, the case is thrown out. If I had to fix the current ship system, if I had to operate in these parameters, a couple early steps I would take that are very simple is that every active police officer is to wear a live stream body cam time stand. They no also, bullshit. There's also an issue with a lot of body cams that are turning the body cams and they're going somewhere with like a known athlete or something so that I can't see what they're actually doing. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I know what GoPro can do, and, um, yeah, that's not an excuse. If your body cam is malfunctioning, if you turn it off, you will face the full criminal charges that can be brought down upon you operating in this system. And further, furthermore, if there is a bad kill if you do something wrong if you operate outside the rules of engagement this doesn't come from the public coffers it comes from your retirement it comes from the retirement of your department it comes from your fellow why because i'm tired of the quote unquote mythical good cops not arresting the bad cops Hit them in their retirement and see how much bullshit they tolerate. There needs to be motivation, and there isn't. No, because the motivation only comes from the cases that are cut and dry, and there's no way to get it out of the system. Chief of police goes to the underling that saw everything and goes, make sure he gets put away and you'll take his seat. You know, I want to see Duncan Lemp's widow. I want to see her living easy off the retirements of every cop that has yeah. got arrested. And, and they still haven't released that fucking video yet. I want to see that little faggot that gunned down Daniel Shaver that's still drawing the uh, fucking disability out, uh, out of the taxpayers. How is this motherfucker still getting paid by us when he did something that literally, dude, I don't care. Show your most bud boot-licking right-wing Republican that fucking video. And he's like, no, that scrawny little bitch needs strung up. But we're still paying for him, man. And he hasn't been arrested. And don't tell me he doesn't have cop friends that know where he is that are very capable of arresting him for murdering the citizen he was paid to protect. But we don't talk about that. No-knock raids? Breonna Taylor wasn't even a fucking suspect, man. The person they were trying to kill was already incarcerated. We, We don't... We don't talk about that. I'm not about to dissolve them. On the the no-knock raid situation, again, I'll compare it to the military. 
police when they handled that situation. Boom. Master locker, I can't even think what they call it, ramrod, whatever they did, they got in there and it was no questions, just shoot. Over in Iraq. If we had to kick a door in, we kicked the door in, but you had one second, one full solid second to quickly identify whoever you are aiming at as friend or foe. If they're innocent and you shoot them, you're fucked. Yeah. That's a war zone. This is our homeland. No exactly, though. Should not Why? be a thing. So Why is it that here, countryside, we are walking or we are going into these places in the same manner as the military, but using lethal force where it's not needed? Why can we use CS gas and it's against the fucking Geneva Convention? Oh, but they were gathering in a way I didn't like, so I gassed them. It's okay, though, because I'm not military. Fuck there's I'm there's a weird gray area when it comes to the CS gas and that what is supposed to be being used is supposed to be diluted to a point that it's only obnoxious and it's not harmful, and that we all know that that's not the case. Yeah, I've been locked up in jail when they use CS gas on fights. And let me tell you, for two days after, that whole fucking cell block is a miserable place to be. And yeah. these are unarmed prisoners that they do this to, man. Yeah, like, but they don't tell you with that gas is after it goes off and the dust clears. The dust ain't clear. The dust is now sitting on everything. Yeah, don't move around. I, I fucked up and kept my wallet in my pocket, went into the gas chamber one time, and I came out three days later. I went to get me a pack of cigarettes. I pulled it out and got a little too close to my face. I like, oh, my God. Yeah. Dude, I pulled nose hair out of my face just to get that fucking, just to get that smell out of my fucking nose. Like, you, you can't get rid of it. It. It, it, if we're going to agree that we should operate on certain standards, the cops should be at the top of that list. Because while I don't, I'm, I'm anti-war, I don't think we should be anywhere that isn't currently attacking us. That's my opinion. And then, like, the people training the cops are people like Kyle Dean Keller's father, Kyle Dean Keller is the father of a man who was trying to commit suicide by cop. The father of a man who was killed by someone who was trying to commit suicide by cop and actually ended up killing the cop instead of committing suicide by cop. Well, a lot of cops are also trained by IDF. And what, and what Kyle Dean Keller's father learned from this whole incident was he should have shot and killed the guy, not he should have, like, incapacitated the guy or otherwise, you know, just, or otherwise, don't say, no, just, just kill them. So all police officers should instantly, if there is any question of threat, kill people. That is his father's position, is that you, you should assume everyone is a threat, anybody that could be a threat, you should kill. If you're scared, 
I don't and want to be a fucking yeah, cop. Yeah, and same with David Grisman. He basically teaches you to be scared, and that is one of the fact, one of the principles, basically, of killology. If you can't walk through my hood unarmed and survive it without being a scared little bitch, I don't want you putting on your faggoty little clown costume and going forth to, uh, you know, enforce imaginary edicts that I didn't agree to. Agreed. If you've got to fucking get suited and booted and battle rattle to go forth into the neighborhood, dude, you're in the wrong job. Hi, this is Theodore Quinoa with Crowdfunded Government. Find me and my crazy idea that you will hate at crowdfundedgovernment.com and, of course, in the mean streets of Twitter, at crowdfundedgov. Now, back to the book. They don't realize what they're doing is dead wrong. Yeah. I agree. You're definitely not wrong. All right. I think I should wrap this up. We're at about four hours, five hours, something like that on the episode. I don't know for sure, but we're, we're at quite a few like hours a bunch in. of editing fun for you. I don't edit shit. Uh, yeah, I, have an, I have an idea. All right. If you could cut my podcast out, do it as a bonus, and then as soon as these guys are out of here, I want to do like two minutes to give you the final little thing because I didn't I didn't really button it up with you. Well, I'll do a double. I'll publish this and then I'll publish that other bit also as a bonus by itself. So I'll have like this segment of you, your new thing as like it'll be featured twice and. Yeah, because you're, you're really missing out if uh, we I don't give you the final. Two yeah, minutes. yeah. Do uh, do that right now. Yep. I'll throw that in both in both of them too. So, throw me your best. All right, gentlemen. Sorry to steal the mic, but I was trying to do this before Ziggy gets out of here. Go ahead and do you. All right, Ziggy. Final thing that I want you to check out. You know, of course, at crowdfundedgov on Twitter, uh, crowdfundedgovernment.com. But I have a new idea for Twitter. Don't you think Twitter's a little uh, angry sometimes? Uh, it depends on who you follow and who you, uh, communicate with, but yeah. It's only angry when I choose to start fights. I only see angry stuff when I choose to start fights with people. (laughs) Alright, well, I'm going to encourage you to do something, Ziggy, if you could help me out and let anybody else know that might be interested. I want to take a new approach to arguing on Twitter because I feel like the arguments aren't doing anything. Fair enough. If people want to argue on Twitter, I'm done with it. Basically, I know I have the facts. I know that voluntarily crowdfunding government, instead of using taxes, is the best way to do it. It's a fact. The sky is blue, grass is green, and taxation is theft. So, Ziggy, my idea is since these are facts, if anybody wants to argue them or dispute them, they can go read anywhere else on the Internet about these facts. Instead, I'm just going to post really bad memes, and in response to them, uh, that's going to be it. Done, of con- done with the conversation. I'm taking these dumb ideas, I'm making them a bad meme, and I'm done with it. I mean, there's it's, some, it's good, there's some bad it's ideas. A lot of time. There, there's some really bad ideas that are worth communicating with. Like my bad ideas of these stories I make everyone tell, that's worth communicating with, but you don't think that's worth communicating with either, so. 
I did decline to do the story when I appeared before, and I apologize, but that's just who I am. You know, um, I'm I'm tough to make me do something involuntarily. It's a very very difficult thing, buddy. Uh, <laughs> will, will I ever get you to tell uh, the story? So. So, Ziggy, I got to check out of here, man. You know it's late, but I'm just letting All you know, right. if you could post some bad memes, help me out. I'm be doing it, too. Oh, I have plenty of bad memes. Great. Thank you. Especially Austrian economic memes. I have a lot of those. Ziggy, chat, Gonzo, Carney, y'all, it's been great. Thank you so much. All Ziggy, right. As always, it was great. really, really appreciate the opportunity. Theodore. Uh, what, oh, what other podcasts have you been on recently? Plug them. Plug everything you've been on. Everything I've been on? Lately, yeah, that you're releasing with this thing. Alright, uh, you still got me. I'm opening up my app. You still, right. Am I still with you? Yeah. You hear me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, over the past few days, I have uh, podcasted with The System Is Down, Bullshito, um, Brian... Status Quo, Liberty Thought, Matty K, Blue Boy, Rebel the Cause, New. All right, and Bullshito's podcast is No Real Libertarians. There we go. Yeah. Um, I think that covers all my bullshit. Um, want me to publish this now? Unfortunately, it's past midnight, so I can't do my normal midnight publish publication, but. I can publish it now, or do you want me to publish it during the day tomorrow, or when do you want um, this thing text published? Me, text me when, you're, uh, when you leave the bar. I'll uh, catch you guys later. All right. All right, man. Dead, are you going to be racing? Oh, let's, you said you were going to DM me about the, um, the results of your trial. So. Um, results of my trial... Um, not looking at anything until potentially next season. Next season. I found out that the reason why they did things differently than the norm of doing it afterwards was because this was a fresh startup team and there were some issues with the track because they hadn't been running in so long. Oh. That they also wanted somebody out on the track to give it a good trial run. And I'm like, why are you going to send me out there as a nobody? And they're like, because you won a coin toss that you didn't know about, so stop asking questions. I right, fair enough. All right. So I probably won't have a seat opportunity again until next season. Okay. Um. um and if we're trying to wrap up as far are there as are there thing, other drivers in the mix there that you know of? Um. I didn't get any names, but I saw a sheet that had like four or five other names on it. I don't know what it related to. Alright. I just kinda... If okay, you don't get that ride, forth. how far are you willing to travel? Because I will see I what I can do for do you, because I believe in your town. area, like... Alright. I, I say four-state area. So, no, no, nothing as far as Ohio, because I have a good grasp on Ohio where I might be able to get you in maybe one or two races in a year up here that good enough lives that I it could get you in something else. A few treks up that way. Alright. If, if, if things don't work out, I'll see what I can do throwing your name in a hat and hats here and there. Right. And my big thing right now is I don't want to just full-blown grab the bull by the horns again. Yeah. I want to have a little but, bit uh, of But like you come up here, you need to be 
prepared. You need to understand what the hell you're getting yourself into. As far as these tracks go, you need to know, know the cars inside and out. Like, I know you were struggling with the gears earlier today. That's why I kept my mouth shut. Um, when you're looking at yeah, the gears, whether they're smaller or bigger. Yeah, but, like, you need to, you know, you need to get back into the rhythm of things. If I do have you come up here. Why you know? I'm spending so much more time on iRacing right now so I can try and get back into that rhythm. Yeah, you just need to be able to think through stuff. I know iRacing, you know, the physics are a little bit different in some things, but it's pretty close. You know, some things work that shouldn't, but... It's yeah, close enough it should get you. Baseline to fall back on too. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you know the stuff. You worked on it in real life, so we'll. Uh, I'll hopefully be able to get you. Uh, I'll be able to throw your hat in some mixes. And, you know, the first weekend could be in a dirt truck, but I'm sure if you show you hassling for somebody like Sean Bellani or something, and I'm like, yeah, I have a point here. I wouldn't put it past you eventually being able to put, pick up a 305 ride given your history as quickly as you had it in the late models. I know I, I know you had you were on a team and you, you consider yourself you were just the monkey in the seat, but I think given that history on how quickly you picked up on it back in the early 2000s with what you did, um, I feel like we could very possibly give you something. there, and it wasn't nurtured correctly. I know it's still there. Yeah. I get the itch every with, now With and the then. right driver coach and the right team, you could be a threat to more than just local drivers. Right. Um, we'll see what we can get done for you. I, I'd prefer you to just get it done down there, you know? Um, that's probably your best bet. Up here is a long shot, a very long shot. Yeah, because over here I've got like four or five tracks within like an hour and a half. Yeah, and up here it's like, yeah, I'm a videographer and a gopher basically, but I'm a known name as far as driver coaches go with my grandfather and stuff, you know? As far as right. knowing the art of driving and being around those conversations, I'm a very well-known name. Uh, and I also have a good reputation with the tracks and stuff like that. So, I I could, at minimum, I could probably get you a 305 ride after the races to test laps. I can guarantee you I can do that. At minimum. Right. I can get you in a 305 after the race. At minimum, I can do that. <coughs> so, we'll see what we can do. I gotta give me a bro's helping bros. Yeah. And th you understand the difference in how a 305 drives compared to what you know with late models. You understand it's yep. gonna be a whole, new, a whole new ball game and you need to be on top of it and not fucking wreck that thing. You wreck that thing, that's oh, my know. name. That's not your name if you wreck up here, it's my name. If I bring you up here, so. Just like I did with that thing. I didn't go out and just drop yep. the hammer. I went out and yeah. say, all right, let's play, play with the throttle. You didn't do what I would do. You didn't do what I would do. You the exact opposite of what I would do. Yeah, what I would do is ex the exact opposite of what I tell people to do. Yeah. All right. But um, It's been a pleasure, boys. Yeah, you too, Gonzo.
Dead Kearney, I enjoyed your stories. It was, uh... Thank you, I definitely enjoyed being able to share stories and talking with you. Yeah. Fuck yes, brother, I appreciate it very much. And Ziggy, hey man, thanks for, uh, thanks for telling me to get over here. Yeah, no problem, brother. Alright, boys, I'm gonna take time. the bed. You guys have a lovely evening. Alright. You too. You too. Alright, then. And now for a musical prayer from my brother. Psalm 88. Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I'm overwhelmed with troubles in my life draws near to death. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like one without strength. I'm set apart with the dead like the slain who lie in the grave whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You've put me in the lowest pit in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You've overwhelmed me with all your waves. You've taken me from my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I'm confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness and destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth I have suffered and been close to death. I have borne your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long they surround me like a flood. They've completely engulfed me. You've taken me from friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. Not my will, Lord but yours be done. Check out my frat brothers at the Burning Boots podcast, Punk Rock Libertarians, Dissecting Liberty, Anarchy Proper, The Gaslight Hour, Sean V. Planet, Erase the State, No Real Libertarian, Trent Must Talk, the Unshackled Liberty, Laurel and Hardy Across the Pond, Instruction Inc., and Two Fats and a Black.